Hey y'all, it's your favorite host, and I wanted to just pop in here to say, uh, if you're enjoying the show uh, and you'd like to give us some support, the best way to do that is through Patreon. Uh, I've launched the Patreon with a couple of tiers. There's a $3 tier, which gives you access to the Discord, and you come hang out with uh, me and the other friends inside of that, uh, and just kind of talk the show, talk a bunch of different nerd stuff. And then there is a, another tier, an $8 tier, uh, where you can get early access to episodes ad-free. Um, you will also get free access to all uh, micro-RPGs that I create in the future. Yeah, so again, uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, if you'd like to give additional support, that's one way to do it. Another great way to do it is just, you know, go on to whatever platform you're listening to and rate the podcast, subscribe, uh, follow, leave a review if you can. Um, those things really help gain visibility for the show, and it is always greatly appreciated. Link is in the description. Thank you so much, and back to the episode. Welcome to the Secret Nerd Podcast. I just wanted to come in at the top and say thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this bonus episode. I have been wanting to do these one-shots for a while, and I'm super excited to be able to play this game, and especially be able to play with the cast that I had. Um, these three folks are the first three uh, guests that I had that weren't my friends prior to the show, um, and have become friends since then. So I'm super excited to unleash this story onto the world. Uh, we are playing Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Uh, setting is going to be the Moinga Expanse, um, which is a Paizo uh, setting for Pathfinder. And the scenario is a homebrewed one that I created. Just some content warnings at the beginning. Uh, this does have uh, graphic descriptions of violence. As well as death and of course adult language um, so if any of those things are an issue for you as a listener please take care of yourself um, but yeah so you know enjoy uh, let us know what you think also please if you are enjoying this and the rest of the main content for secret nerd um, you know make sure to follow us on whatever podcast platform you're using if that podcast platform has the ability to leave a review please do that um, it helps us a lot especially on the apple side of things um, and yeah thank you so much for listening and enjoy We're not going to get started quite this second, but I just want to, you know, like, do you guys have any last minute questions, concerns? I mean, my volume. volume is good. If I started asking all of the questions, we would never get started. So <laughs> you are fine. Um, but it, like, seriously, if there's anything that you're concerned about, what we can do, Jazz, too, um, and for Jordan, I, I know you said that uh, you had excuse me, played a little bit, um, Pathfinder, but obviously this is a high level. So, uh, Jazz, if you, like, let's say you roll the highest initiative and you want to wait until somebody else goes, um, we can switch you in, a, in the initiative order. That's fine by me. Oh, I fully expect to fuck this up and die real soon. <laughs> <laughs> Did you change that Listen. spell where you eat blood that comes out of people's noses? Oh, no, I kept it. I might go out in a hail of, in a belly's glory. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's just that... 
I, as long as we're okay with the fact that my character does not know who he is or why he is here, all he knows is that he must kill, then we're good to go. There is a little bit of a problem that because the way it's set no, up, no, <laughs> the initial is like you guys do know each other, so okay, know them right. a little bit, right. at least for the past couple of weeks or something. All right, all right. Um, so then. That being being said, I don't remember what you guys rolled up. Um, what uh, classes they have? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I remember somebody was it a summoner and yeah. So and, Joe is a summoner, and Jordan is a bard. Okay. Wait, we've got a blood sucking bard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's got some kind of nasty spells. Not gonna lie. That yeah. That sounds really intriguing because my whole thing is about making people bleed a lot. So <laughs> hey. I yeah. think we've got a I think we got a good combo going There's on accident. Symbiosis. Good. Almost ready, guys. Sorry. I'll take oh, your time, dude. I didn't find the friggin' thing. <laughs> I'm just looking at my character sheet, wondering how the hell this is possible. How are you gonna make it work? Yeah, uh, considering it doesn't even give me the HP of my Isle Well, you have the same HP. Oh, we share yeah, it? You share HP. Oh, that is terrifying. Yeah, so if you get hit, your Idol gets hit and vice versa. Well, damn. Yeah, awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you get your potions? Um, I think it's just items you add into your inventory. Gotcha, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Character sheet. So, just want to make sure I'm looking at all the right stuff here. Yeah. And also, I got the two E up, so that way I can have a solid reference for all the stuff I put onto my character sheet already. Cool. So, that and the and the light reading I did trying to make it through the Pathfinder book. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a lot. Yeah. Yes. However, the more I read it, the more I started to feel comfortable. I was like, oh, it's not that much different from D&D. It's just yeah. way more in-depth. Yeah, it's like same but different, but still the same type situation. Yeah. Honestly, once you start to like, once we get into the flow of it, you'll feel right at home, I think. Um, and then just kind of figuring out the, the, excuse me, the action economy. So like, but for especially, it's easier for the fighters, I think, honestly, because everything is usually one action. Um, spellcasters, you kind of have to be a little bit more careful because you have two action spells for the most part, and then um, that leaves you one action to move or whatever. Yeah, that's why I went with the fighter. I was like, listen, I, I know how this goes. The human fighter is always entry level safe. Yeah. So I was like, yo, <laughs> this is wild. Start What's taking up? that. <laughs> <laughs> train of thought instead of just going all crazy yeah set a bard every time <laughs> uh, yeah i'm not doing that anymore after the psp i learned the air of my ways yeah <laughs> All right, so welcome to Secret Nerd Podcast. This is going to be our very first one-shot. We will be playing some Pathfinder 2E. Um, along with me, I have three of my friends from different projects. Uh, we'll kind of just go around the horn and introduce ourselves. So, uh, Jordan, if you want to start with you. Hi, I'm Jordan. Um, you can find me on the internet at, at Lambertra, and I host Blackness and Dragons, and I am a player in Sayre Prairie, California. Beautiful. And uh, Joe? I am Joe. I'm the GM over at Makers Misfits. You can find us at Makers Misfits Twitter. Um, and I'm playing here in Sacramento. Yes, sir. And last but not least, uh, Jazz. Hey, this is Jazz. I play Fate on the Gimme the Loot podcast. Um, you can find us at, at GMDLcast on Twitter. 
Very cool. Yeah. So um, when we did our little session zero, one of the things that I mentioned was that uh, there are two things I always talk about in every episode of my show. And one of them is Pathfinder and the other one is how much I fucking hate Twitter. So um, to make it a positive thing, we decided to play some Pathfinder. And um, yeah, it's going to be a fun adventure. We have characters that are 10th level. Um, so we'll kind of just get started, introduce the characters and, uh, and get going after this thing. All right, so we will be starting in the city of Kibwe. So amidst the rising sun, an eagle flies. We kind of take this view of the eagle as it flies over the jungle. The morning's heat is subtle and comfortable in the early hours, and it's causing the mist to rise among the canopies of the trees. As the eagle moves through the eastern Moenga jungle, it comes upon opposing walls of a city. A city that, despite the early hours, already bustling with the movements of vendors preparing to sell their wares, laborers making their way to the gem mines, and prospective buyers hoping to make a purchase before the midday heat. The eagle flies over a portion of the city to the north. Bomandu is a place of restoration philanthropy, and this is where we find our heroes. They are housed in their headquarters, a modest two-story stone building with a thick red door. Uh, it is still early in the morning, but like I said, Kibwe tends to rise early. Uh, it's kind of a, a city of, of uh, productivity, and in the, it gets so hot during the middle of the day, it's impossible to work. Um, so they kind of keep these uh, odd hours. But in this, in your headquarters, in your little rooms, um, we are first greeted by Khadija. Khadija is kind of your... Um, not necessarily your housekeeper, but she she maintains the building. Uh, make sure people don't uh, break in and steal your stuff because uh, this party is a party of heroes. Tenth level, you are pretty well known amongst the city of Kibwe. Um, you have battled many monsters, most of which have been the demons that kind of roam the jungles outside of the city walls. Uh, but the city wall, the city itself, is is kind of protected by these ominous. Um, pillar watchers, these giant statues with humanoid shapes and, and faces of animals. Um, but when things get bad outside, you guys are often hired to go fight these demons and other monsters. Uh, Khadija used to be a hero, um, but uh, you guys have kind of paid her uh, a handsome uh, salary to just kind of maintain things and make sure people don't come in and steal your magic items and and uh, loot from different quests. Um, so she first comes and knocks on Jordan's character's door. Jordan, if you'd like to introduce your character's name and uh, and what your character looks like. Uh, that would be the door of Catherine Fox. Okay. Catherine Fox is a female tiefling, really, really tall, like 6'2", uh, dark skin, long hair. She just woke up, so she's probably uh, not very clothed right now. <laughs> And uh, yeah, Khadija doesn't seem to be bothered by this. She kind of just comes, sits on the side of the bed, um, puts her hand on your calf and just kind of shakes you awake. Yes, my darling. Well, baby, um, I hate to do this to you so early in the morning. I know you guys have that parade going on, but uh, y'all got a letter and um, you need to go meet uh, one of the nobles in town. Oh, really? Like now? Yeah. Now, as soon as possible. Unfortunately, it sounds like they, uh, they lost their boy and um, He's not known for being lost, but uh, this is certainly a situation that uh, doesn't bode well for them. They're they're pretty shaken and scared. Hero's got to do what a hero's got to do. I uh, I start getting out of bed. Awesome, yeah. And before we kind of leave the room, like, what is what does the room uh, look like? What are some of the trinkets and things that um, that Catherine Fox keeps that kind of uh, you know, tell the story of who she is? Room is is messy as fuck. I feel like uh, there are all kinds of like different 
artists, like different cool looking rocks and like plants, uh, their clothes all over the floor. But she's definitely got like every adventure. You can tell she's picked up some kind of weird bobble from the adventure. Very cool. Yeah. And then Kadisha uh, leaves your room and she goes to wake up uh, Jazz's character. You hear a knock oh. at the door. All right. So I am playing Barrett Sydney. He is a human fighter. His background is a bit of a bandit. He uh, first made his uh, acclaim to through uh, the city streets, kind of a uh, pickpocketing and whatnot, but then realized he was good in the scrap, so he uh, decided to head for heroism instead. Nice. And what does um, Barrett's room look like? Barrett's room is pristine, um, awesome. absolutely clean, but um, uh, similar to his cohort, he does have a few things that he has collected from all of his adventures, mostly um, bits and pieces of things that he has slain that he found noteworthy. So there's like a claw or a horn or maybe a scale here and there that have either been mounted or posted on top of trophies and things that are in perfect places so that they can be seen and um, made comment of whenever you know people enter that area awesome yeah so kadisha comes in and um she says hey uh i don't know if you heard but uh y'all got a y'all got a letter um sounds like the uh estabar house had their son stolen so it uh, looks like they need you i know i know you guys had that parade this morning but uh, uh duty calls barrett is absolutely crushed really the man i was really wanting to go to this parade you said the Estebars? Yeah, I know. I mean, they, they put these parades on for y'all all the time. Uh, I mean, y'all always slaying monsters and stuff. So, uh, you know, certainly you could just miss one. And, and you know, the Estebars, they, I mean, they got money at the very least, Barrett. So, uh, I mean, this job gonna pay well, but it sounded urgent. I mean, I, I, that poor, you know, messenger boy, he's still outside the door. It looked like he about to pee himself. All right, let's go. She heads off to go wake up Joe's character. I am playing Coco, a two-foot-tall kobold uh, summoner. Awesome. And what does uh, Coco look like? Coco is two feet tall. He's a green kobold. Uh, he's very skinny, and he has, like, cloth armor on, uh, hand wraps, and he currently, the door is wide open, and there's just turkey carcasses. Like, imagine a college room, a college dorm. It's just yeah. like that. Just instead of pizza, bo pizza boxes, it's turkey carcasses, empty bottles, and he's laid in a little bag. And right next to him is his Adelon. Uh, he calls him the Chiricorn, and it's a large green dragon. And he is sitting in a plush pillow, and there's just a warm fire going off, and they're both just passed out. And uh, what's Kyra Korn's temperament towards other people, like the, especially the people in your party and, and Khadija? Um, he sort of doesn't care about anything going on around him. He kind of just cares about himself and Coco. Okay. Yeah, so um, you see Khadija kind of uh, comes into the doorway um, and doesn't fully go into the room, but just kind of like knocks on the doorframe. Um, and uh, 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 Coco, baby, um, hey, we got, a, we got a letter. We got a... You guys have another job. Coco sleeping. Coco, Coco come back later. Yeah, um, I don't think it's one of those situations where we could come back later. I mean, uh, you know, the town's up for one. You shouldn't be sleeping in this late. And, and I know you guys had your parade today, but we, you guys got a letter. People need some help, Coco. Coco just, oh, okay, okay, Coco be there. And so, uh, yeah, so she, she gets up and she kind of goes into the kitchen and, you know, sets up something quick for you guys. Um, 
but uh, you guys, you know, can get ready and, uh, you know, let me know when you're when you are ready to kind of move out. You know, are you guys having conversations as you're as you're preparing and everything like that? Uh, Barrett is just busy getting suited and booted. Um, he's like five tennis, five, not quite six foot. So like he tries to like he's wears boots to try and elevate himself to six foot, maybe six one, depending on what shoes he's got on. But he's not yeah. quite there because he's you know a little self-conscious about it. But um <laughs> Does he get but a little yes. insecure around? Just, just a touch. He, but you know, he sells it well. Like he stay, he's got his great posture, great posture. So yeah. he really does sell it. Like you know, if you didn't know he wasn't six foot, he you'd think he was six foot. Gotcha. But so, um, so he's just getting suited and booted, getting all his gear on. It's all nice, clean, sharp. Looks like his head. Somebody's done some work to make sure all this is nice and pressed. And then he gets his swords. His super or super new clean serrated edges and just sharpened up and he gets it all set up and now he's out and ready to go face the day yeah coco's just trying to wake up his dragon friend um it's it's a process it's his little tiny dragon just pushing this huge one around trying to get him out the door uh like ash trying to push charizard somewhere yeah That's i mean of... he's he's like 10 12 foot dragon yeah. and then it's a two foot little kobold yeah. just trying to move him around yeah, uh, yeah. T- go ahead. Catherine's gotten dressed, and she heard Khadijah say the thing about the messenger boy. So she didn't say anything, but he de- she definitely let him in to use the bathroom. Okay. Yeah, and um, and you let him in, and he's just kind of um, he is he is star starstruck um, because not only are you heroes, but you are also a bard and so he kind of just doesn't really know what to do with his eyes. He's kind of like looking at you, and then looking down, and then looking away. Um, runs to the bathroom um and you can just hear him kind of like trying to give himself like a pep talk um in there to like not be so nervous um as he's just freaking out in front of you and have his moment that's his time yeah um but yeah so once he once he uh comes out um and you guys are all ready um you can see it's kind of just pretty straightforward he hands you the letter um it's pretty quickly um scrawled onto the paper it says my my son princess bar has been taken please help um you know kind of straightforward and to the point uh but you know um to get out of um you know it's a few blocks away you guys will have to travel a little bit to get to the Bar residence so you know you can head out that direction all right uh i holler or barrett talking back to coco hey, hey coco do you need any help back there no coco got it Co- coco's got this you're making me look bad. Come on, come on, get up, get up, get up. There you go. And finally gets up. Coco climbs up and uh, he straggles on. They both get out of the door. Yeah, and I can imagine, um, what is your Adelon's name again? Uh, Kyrakon, Kyrakon. Uh, yeah, Kyrakon being so big, you know, in this sort of standard house, um, I think even Coco realizes he's big, but kind of just, I can see him just imagining all things big are big. And so you can see like where Kyrakon's, um, shoulders have rubbed against the wood of the door frame so much where it's kind of just like smoothed over, um, as he squeezes through every day. And, uh, yeah, they're not much door frames anymore. It's just a hole. Yeah. Just the big, <laughs> big hole. Um, and yeah, just the stinky filth of Turkey carcass coming from your room. Um, yeah. So you guys are all set and get ready to head out. Um, you head out onto the streets. The streets are already busy. Um, you can see there are vendors to buy from now, um, that are selling, you know, breads, 
um, different kinds of pastries. Um, there's different kinds of meats available. Um, there's even coffee vendors. And you can see uh, folks, you know, carrying pickaxes um, and other sorts of tools as they head to the gem mines, which are a big part of the trade of Kibwe. Um, so the streets are already busy, you, but you guys don't have any trouble getting through, especially with a uh, 12 foot dragon uh, kind of in tow as you walk down the street. But people recognize you, they wave, um, you know, uh, some people cheer for you guys. As you guys walk, you can see one of the pillar watchers, this giant statue holding a spear with the face of a leopard, kind of just watching over the, the city. Um, it takes you about like 30 minutes to get to the Estabar residence. As you are starting to walk up, you're greeted um, by one of their servants who kind of runs up and kind of like tries to usher you guys quickly into the building. Um, are you going to bring Kairakan into into their home as well, Coco? Um, no, he's... Kairakan, please stay. Please stay here. I'll be back. Eat, yes. eat this. And he <laughs> runs over to a vendor, grabs some more turkey, and he grabs like a uh, like a thing of coffee. He knows... He, the dragon loves coffee so much. <laughs> pays him off and brings it over to him. That's, and he tells the other, that should last him at least five minutes. So we gotta go. And you see um, the servant and, and he kind of like ushers over somebody from the stables and the guy's like, oh, what the fuck do you want me to do about this? Like, this is a dragon. And so he's kind of just, this is standoff of just like watching this dragon on their property and not really knowing what to do with it. Um, but you guys move towards the door. They open the door for you. Um, in the main uh, in the main living space, you can see three figures um, walking. So you see uh, the main figure, uh, Johnny Estbar, and he is uh, he's about five eight. He is a kind of thickly built man. Um, he has short hair, um, a thick beard. Uh, dark skin, and he is pacing back and forth. Um, next to him, you recognize his wife, Tana Estebar, um, who is uh, a little bit, uh, she's about an inch taller than him. Uh, she's very thinly built, and she has uh, long braided hair, um, and she's wearing this like beautiful blue dress. And then sitting down in a chair, uh, kind of across from them, is who you recognize as Janu's partner, um, Wade Danu, and he is kind of just sitting there, um, hands hands together, and they all look distressed at this point. Um, Janu sees you walk in, and he just says, oh, thank, thank God you're here. Um, they took my son, they took my son, uh, Prince, and um, I'm not really sure. And he's kind of just like stressed out and hyperventilating. Um, they they came in through the window and uh, he's gone um, I don't I don't know why they would take him I, I mean, yes we're nobles but we're not that important of a family here I, I don't know what happened um, and he's not really like giving any any details yet he's just kind of spewing um, at this point uh, they're sitting right uh, John is pacing but the other two are sitting yes uh, I think I, I do the, like, uh, motherly, maternal, you know, kindness thing and sit down and, like, put an arm around one of them. And, and then I ask, did you see them? What did they look like? Did you hear anything? Um, I, we just heard the uh, strange sounds. Um, it all happened so fast. I, I don't really recall. I mean, it wasn't... They weren't speaking Mwenge. Uh, it was a different sound. Um, but... Uh, 
I don't know. Uh, I just, I'm not so sure. And you can see, like, Wade, he looks up and he, um, he kind of looks across the room and then he, he says, the hole that they put in the window, it was, it wasn't a large hole. Um, can you, all of you give me a perception roll? Yes, of course. Let me look that up really fast. Oh, never mind. It doesn't matter. I rolled a four. <laughs> well, you have like a plus 18 or something stupid, so it might matter. Um, okay, so I've got a plus 16. I rolled a 13. Oh, I plus 16. I rolled a 29. All right. I got a 24. It's perception. <laughs> what was your perception total, Joe? I, I'm looking for perception. Oh, oh yeah, it's I think a plus it's like 15. Box. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So oh, uh, 19. Okay. So, yeah. So, uh, um, uh, was it Barrett, right? Yes. Catherine and Barrett, um, you kind of look, you catch, you catch Wade looking across the room and you look that direction and you can see a creature kind of sitting in the corner. Um, this creature looks almost like a baboon, um, but wears clothes, um, has almost like weird, um, like demonic features added to this baboon shape, but it's still a small creature. It's not much, um, maybe a, a foot or so bigger than Coco is. Um, this is a creature you wouldn't recognize as a Charaka. Uh, Charaka are um, creatures that are very much of of their own um, survival. They t they used to be led by a gorilla king out on uh, Lake Okata, and uh, that that gorilla king was killed, and it's kind of been this like weird power struggle now. Um, but some of the Charaka have fled, and were accepted into Kibwe so long as they you know maintained order um, and didn't uh, um, you know didn't do anything bad or or break the law. Um, but you notice you know before he mentioned uh, the size of the of the hole that came through the window that um, that he first looked at that Charaka. But you could see that this one clearly is supposed to be in this home. Uh, Barrett, uh, does Barrett know whether or not the uh, the Charaka can speak with him? Yeah, I would say so. Um, you all speak Mwenge, even if you didn't put it on your sheet. I mm -hmm. think it's um, uh, that's definitely reasonable. So um, you would know that um, that most of them can speak Mwenge as well. Okay. So then, yeah, then I would approach the Charaka and ask, what is its purpose here? Speaking to the Charaka, what, what is your purpose here? Uh, I serve. Serve whom? And then he kind of like bows and like puts his hands out towards uh, the Estabars. Okay. Um, then if you serve, do you have any information as to what may have happened to their son? And, um, he, he kind of just like looks down and starts to cower back. Um, go ahead and do a diplomacy roll. All right. That's a one. That's a net one. Plus two is a three. Ouch. Wow. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it, you, you you ask that question, and he kind of he you can see you can see he's he's got some discomfort, uh, but he, yeah, no, I I don't know. So the only thing I can see that he's dis or he's uncomfortable with me is asking him about this. Yeah, at this point. basically, yeah. Uh, how well 
do we know the Estebans? Or how well do, like, how, what is our relationship with the Estebans at this point? Are we friendly? Are we neutral? Uh, I would say that you guys are probably friendly, just given, like, your hero status in the city. This is a noble family, so you've probably, like, seen them at, like, the parades or, are, you know, have been invited to the same kind of, um, like, you know, uh, big events and stuff like that. So there's a familiarity there enough to where they felt comfortable rushing to you for help. Um, okay. But, you know, yeah. So then that being said, since I'm trying to press this guy for information and me being nice didn't work, I'm going to immediately, like, I'm not going to, like, draw my sword on him. But you know that thing where, like, you, like, kind of, like, barely unsheath your sword and, like, yeah, gesture, yeah. like, I will draw this sword on you. Like, I'll draw down. So I'm like, Shh, do that. Answer me. And so hoping to intimidate him to get some get some information out of it. Okay. Um uh, and yeah, so you can see like he he visibly like you know presses his back against the wall. Uh, he's freaked out. Um, uh, Janu starts to move forward, and Wade gets up and and kind of grabs his arm to stop him from moving forward. Um, and the Trakta he he says, uh, uh, I I think I think they came for him because he is Prince. And so you know that Janu's son's name is Prince, but he is not a prince. But the mm. way that the Charakta said it, he said he came. they came for him because he is Prince. Okay. Hmm. And actually, go ahead and give me... You might be able to get some more information. Let's do... Um, so we're going to do what's called the recall knowledge uh, for those who don't know Pathfinder. Basically, it's a way to um, roll on a certain skill to determine how much you know about different types of creatures. Uh, you can use it for monsters to like, okay, yeah, you've encountered this monster before, read it in a book, whatever, so you can determine, I know it has this strengths, weaknesses, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so for this, go ahead and do a society roll. Um, okay. And let me know that number. If you don't have it, then just, it would just be a straight, like a flat check, basically. For some reason, I do have society. Huh? Good awesome. job, me. Yeah, yeah. Plus, plus 13. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, oh. it's going to be pretty hard for you to fail this, but... 12, so 25. Okay. Yeah, so you you remember all the things about um, um, the Choctaw. You know kind of that their, their history um, with demonic figures. And one of the things that you... Something about this situation kind of pulls at you. And you think back to the stories you've heard of some Choctaw... Excuse me, Traka, that worship the demon lord Angazan. And Angazan is like, um, he's like the demon lord of beasts. He's this giant gorilla like uh, monstrosity, basically. Oh. Um, so you can, you, you, you would get the sense that maybe there's something connected to this situation here. Okay. So then at this point, I turn to my companions, Coco and, oh, Jordan, what's your character's name again? Catherine. Catherine. That's it. Sorry. Jordan, or I turn to Coco and Catherine. It's a lot of alliteration. Uh, Coco, <laughs> Catherine. <let's say. laughs> well, and then you're all J2. <laughs> Joe, yeah. Jordan, Jazz. Yeah. So I turn to Coco and Catherine and I say, I, I, I think that there might be something going on with other Charaka in this situation. Um, do you think that their deity, the name that uh, Navar just Angazan, do, do you think that their deity might be involved? Angazan. Oh, no. I, I don't. Angazan? Yes, the, uh, the, I almost, I won't call him the gorilla demon, but the, yeah. um, <laughs> but for lack of a better term at the moment, the gorilla demon that the Charaka tend to worship. Oh, gorilla demon. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, huh, that's not good. Uh, turning back to the Estebans, do you have anything, like, do you have any idea of any type of indication as far as, like, when they left with your son, do you know what direction they might have gone in? Uh, we were able to send, um, trackers after them, and, uh, they lost them, but they did see that they went in the direction of Lake Okata. And at this point, you see an elderly man enter the room. Um, he's short, uh, but he's a human. He's 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 about five foot three, um, and the maybe giant. some of that, <laughs> maybe some of that is because of his stooped back. Um, but he is very very elderly. Um, but you would recognize this gentleman as Olo the Strong. Um, Olo the Strong is a wizard, and um, uh, a wizard who belies his name because uh, he certainly does not look strong. He's um, a reference that. Uh, um, only Jazz would get. He kind of looks like the Suchukage from uh, from Naruto, but he's a very small, like diminutive man with a hunchback, and uh, and he has this long um, beard that he's got, you know, kind of braided in. Uh, his hair's all gone on the top, and um, and he he kind of walks in, and he sees all of you in the room, and he he looks over uh, to uh, Catherine. He says, "Oh, Samantha, it's so nice to see you again." He just call you at the front name. <laughs> Coco, show some respect. Sorry. Smash you again, Olo. <laughs> and I take off my hat and do like a, a flourish bow with it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he uh, he he kind of walks over. Um, he, well, I I received the information of of where we think they might have gone, and um, as you know, I still have powers of of teleportation, so I can hopefully get us there quickly. Um, they do have a bit of a lead. Uh, however, I think that we can do this. Isn't that right, Kiki? And he looks at Coco. <laughs> Are we going now? Um, w w we can go soon. Are, are you prepared or do you have everything that you need? Yeah, give me a second. And he whistles and I can't whistle, but Coco can. <laughs> Coco can really whistle really well. And you just hear in the background, like just against the uh, walls, a giant dragon just comes storming in, making a huge mess. Okay, we're ready now. Yeah, so he, he blasts through the door. Wood splinters and shatters everywhere flies across the room. The already distraught Estebars are freaking out now. And they're like, oh my God. And um, yeah, do you guys say anything to this? Oh, you guys just destroyed this man's. We're going to fix that later. We're going to, I got a spell for that. Don't worry. You can just, just, just take the calls for repairs out of the reward. Just put it in our tab. We have a tab. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. So um, you guys, Unless there's any other information that you guys want to try to collect, um, you basically have a way to get to um, to the site. I'm ready. I think it's time to go. Yeah, no, I think I think we've got what we feel is a good lead. Charakai possibly trying to do something for their gorilla demon lord. Let's go. Well, what I will do is I will try to get you a little bit a ways away. Um, teleportation is tricky, is tricky, but I will do my best. Hopefully, it'll give you a chance to kind of scope out the place and we can get this sorted out. And so he starts to just kind of, he, he slowly is just clearing debris with his feet. Um, it takes him a little bit of time and then he finally has enough space where he starts to just scrawl the uh, teleportation circle. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm almost done. Just step on in. And as you guys step in, um, you can see the lights, the arcane lights of this teleportation circle starting to glow. 
um, he's finishing that last touch and kind of scratches at his chest and and goes down to finish again and clutches his chest and all of a sudden you guys are in this bright white light and you recognize this from being teleported. You guys have been teleported before, um, sometimes by Olo, sometimes by other folks, um, but you feel the teleportation go. And one thing that you guys have always remembered um, from anybody who has ever teleported you is that sometimes teleportation can go a little bit wrong. Um, so you see the lights and as this, these swirling white lights are kind of circling around you, um, you guys are no longer in the space of the Estevar's house. You're in this extra dimensional space as you're being pulled to your location. Um, you can see crackles of black lightning uh, kind of surfacing around the lights that you're going through and, and that doesn't seem familiar. That seems kind of wrong. Um, all of a sudden, um, as you are kind of looking down in this like split second of space and time, you can see that um, Olo the Strong has has collapsed over, his hand clutching uh, against his chest, um, and you hear a crash. And we are going to go um, to our map on roll 20, if I can get all of you in there. And I will... Uh, see, so... Oboe, that's what happens when you call people by the wrong name. <laughs> <laughs> Go. Too soon. Yeah, too soon. <laughs> and... Look at that. Such a nice map. Thanks. I made it earlier today. But yeah, so kind of what I'll explain what's happening right now. So basically, you guys crash. You are separated um, in a burst. Um, uh, Catherine feels herself uh, rolling along the dirt and um, falling backwards. Um, Coco feels himself splashing into water. And I forgot to give you a... It's be a bad time to say Coco can't swim. <laughs> um, let's see. And, yeah, and Coco hears the crash of uh, Kirikon, um landing in the dirt next to him. And uh, uh, Barrett uh, finds himself landing on a, a cliff's edge. Uh, crap. Along the wall, yeah. Um, you said you wanted to climb, so <laughs> here we go. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so you guys land. Um, first things first, I'm going to have you give me a perception roll. And this is going to be kind of like how quickly it takes for you to wake up and recognize your surroundings. Uh, Not having a good rolling day. That's a five. Five? Okay. Is that for your perception? That's, well, plus my oh, plus. Or 15, okay. so 20. Okay. Uh, perception, a total of 24. And what was yours, Jordan? I'm sorry. 30. 30? Okay. So, yeah, so you guys land. Um, it's this ruckus. You can see uh, Olo's body on the ground, um, covered in dirt, um, not moving. And before you really have a chance to go look at that um, and kind of as, you know, Coco's, uh, you can feel Kirikon grabbing you by the neck. Um, actually, let me make these, uh, make it so you guys can move your tokens. All right. So, yeah, so you can feel uh, Kirikon pick you up uh, uh, by your horn with his mouth and drag you out of the water um, and to kind of just deposit you roughly onto land. Um, but quickly after you guys are able to like kind of recollect yourself, um, you hear a loud crunching from the south, um, from the trees. Mm. And uh, loud crunching in the sense that like you can see full grown old ass trees moving uh, side to side. Um, 
and I'll say you have about six seconds to kind of do anything in preparation um, before um, this situation kind of comes upon you. Um, I want to climb up the wall I'm on. Okay. Um, so, yeah, go ahead and give me uh, an athletics check. All right. The rolls, they're not with me tonight. Uh, it's a three plus 19, 22. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that will be enough. So, yeah, so you start climbing up, um, and you are able to make it to the top of the cliff. Okay. Um, and he, and uh, Coco and Kirkon and uh, Jordan, um, Catherine, is there anything that you guys want to do as you see these trees moving side to side and looking like something large is coming towards you? want to push Olo out of the way. Um, so we'll say for reference, uh, Olo is like right here. Okay. Can you see my blinking? Um, yeah. And not moving. Oh, so, no. Yeah, you're pretty far away. Okay, then I just want to make sure that I'm on my feet for whatever this thing is. That's it. Okay. Just stand up and action okay. ready. Yeah, and so, um, and I will let you, I mean, you have the time now. If you want to do something like Inspire Courage before, um, beforehand, so you don't have to waste uh, uh, that action economy in combat, that's something you can do now, too. Yeah, it's the same as, like, Bardic Inspiration, right? From D&D, yeah. that yeah. Over. yeah, I want to do that to my homies. Okay, uh, let's see. So, 60-foot emanation, one round, you inspire your allies with words or tunes of encouragement. You and all your allies in the area gain a plus one status bonus to attack rolls, damage rolls, and saves against fear effects. Yeah, so okay. plus one. Plus one? I'll just remember that. Ooh, I'll just write it in this red bubble. Yeah. Cool. And awesome. Okay. Yeah, so... Very cool. So you you um, guys do this bar. I'd yeah. like I'd like my move. Oh yeah, sorry. I apologize. I'm pulling the I'd Joe like over to here. shake vigorously to get off the water off of me. <laughs> okay. That's it. Roll acrobatics. Um <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, so yeah, you shake Ah, natural twenty. <laughs> nice. You shake so fucking vigorously. Um you are completely dry. It's like you cast precipitation on yourself. Um but yeah, no, you you are set. So yeah, you guys are, are turned. You see this, uh, these trees moving. You're not exactly sure exa- what's going on yet, um, but it doesn't take long before. Let me reveal. I haven't seen a level ten encounter yet. Okay. Oh my god! Okay. I don't want to see a level ten encounter. What is that? <laughs> um, you can roll on your turn if you'd like to recall knowledge. But you see a giant fucking gorilla. Uh, I mean, for the viewers at, or listeners at home, think King Kong, but basically what the players are seeing is this 40-foot uh, gorilla crashing through the trees and it is uh, very pissed off and moving toward you. Um, at this point, we're all going to roll initiative. So for people who aren't familiar with Pathfinder, initiative typically is Me. rolled with your perception roll. Um, so just use your perception to roll initiative. Sometimes, like if you're sneaking into a building, you can use your stealth as your initiative. Or let's say you started a conversation and that turned into conflict, you could use like your diplomacy, et cetera, et cetera. For this instance, we're gonna use our perception. So go ahead and do your perception roll. What about um, if you're shaking water off? Uh, yeah. I mean, if you want to give yourself a handicap, you can do that. But I mean, my acrobatics is better than my perception. <laughs> hey, there we go. There's a good roll. 32 total. So I rolled a three. <laughs> <laughs> With my perception, it's going to be 19. Okay. Okay. There we go. Uh, you, what was your, uh, Jordan? 32. Oh. 
Oh, sorry. Uh, I got a three plus 16. I got a 19. 15. Okay. And 32, you said? Yeah, so roll to 16 plus 16. Do you, um, Joe, do you share initiative with your idol arm? Yeah, we share, uh, we share everything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> everything uh, but a name. Oh, yeah, because you guys but even work on the same same turn, right? Basically, yeah, we share the same actions, actions, the same health. Of course, it would roll higher than all of us. Yes, and then, yeah, there should be a sword thing there. Uh, how does that work? It should be on the bottom. Uh, okay, numerically descending. There we go. And then I just click the little arrow. Okay. Ooh, brutal. Okay, so... Uh, yeah, so this creature um, gets to go first, this giant gorilla, and it is going to move, use its first action to move toward you. So, hmm, trying to see like what's fair in the sense of like, because it has this freaking giant square that it uses, like I go from the outside of the square for its movement, right? Joe? Um, yeah. You think, I mean. That's what, how I would do it. Okay. I was trying to do that with my dragon right now, actually. Yeah. Just every square I move, that'd be five. Okay. So yeah, so first thing first, it's gonna run up and step to your Eidolon. And it is going to make an attack. Uh-oh. It's gonna make two attacks with its fist. So it's just kind of like slamming down uh, hand over hand um, to make its attacks. I'm gonna use my green die. We got a uh, 20, uh, 30 to hit. Gonna hit. Okay. And then second attack is uh, 32 to hit. Also hits. Okay. So, so yeah, what it's doing now is making this uh, special attack and it's going to do, uh, for one, your Eidolon is now flat-footed. So it's gonna take a minus two to its AC for the next turn uh, right. and a minus 20 foot status penalty to all speeds until the end of next turn. Cool, it can now move five feet. Okay, and then let me roll some damn damage for you. Of course, I didn't take out any D10s because when I do that, open it up. This is why I asked you to get um, healing potions. So mm. 10, 15, 19, 26, uh, 32. 35, 35 points of damage Ooh. as it. So basically, yeah, so this giant 40-foot gorilla runs up and just sees your 10-foot, uh, 12-foot dragon and just slams both of its fists down. Um, uh, Kirikon is not able to dodge out of the way. Uh, still strong, though, and takes these two hits, kind of batters into the floor and uh, pushes uh, himself back up off the ground. And it is now, where's my page? Uh, Jazz, it is your turn. You are up on a cliff. You are looking roughly at this creature's chest. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's see if I'm remembering correctly, my movement is 25. So I get to stride to make that move, yeah? Yep. Yeah, so Five, that's your first action is your 10, stride. 15, 20. Does that put me close enough to be able to hit it? I would say so. Yeah, I mean it's a kind of it's kind of a tricky situation. Um, uh, that's tough. Um, yeah, I'll say that one of one of its shoulders is kind of close enough to the cliff face that you're able to to uh, to hit at his shoulder. All right, then I will do my best to slash out with uh with my first weapon did i have to, um uh, so oh, forgive me being new to pathfinder yeah, do no, i have no, to no. commit to making a action to uh draw in my second weapon um, or do i get to freely draw them both? no so yeah i think even though we didn't talk about it like i think climbing up and drawing would have been easily done uh yes 
by a fighter of the caliber. So yeah, your both your weapons are drawn. Don't worry about okay. that. All right. So then, slash away. Um, let me start rolling. So oh, that fell off of my desk. <laughs> okay. So that's a six plus the twenty-one. I get uh, for my first attack. So that's a twenty-seven to hit. Yeah, that hits. Oh, good. Okay, and then, um, so I make my second attack. Or do you want me to roll damage or swing to see if I sit, hit on myself? It's up to you. You can do either or. I'm fine. Okay, with so I'll go ahead and roll my second attack then. Um, and so with my uh, with my offhand weapon, I'll swing my second attack. And so I guess I'll take the multi attack penalty on that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I rolled a fifteen plus the twenty one which is a 36 minus 531. Yeah, that definitely hits. Okay. And so still not a crit though. So, and to remind uh, you guys and then the folks at home who don't play Pathfinder, um, in Pathfinder 2E, you critical success on anything that's 10 over their AC. Um, as well as a natural 20. And then same thing, you critically fail anything that's 10 under or a natural one. Um, so okay. yeah, so uh, especially with these high rolls that we're making, obviously you can see these numbers are pretty high. So um, a lot of chances to crit in, in a lot of cases. All right. And then um, I'm going to roll my 3d6 damage. Also, my two sabers are also um, sawtooth sabers. And so they give the lead effect, if that's okay. correct. Yeah, is there a save for that or anything? Uh, let me take a look. Wounding. Uh, when you hit a creature with a wounded weapon, you deal an extra 1d6 persistent bleed damage right. on a critical to 2d12. Okay, so the, yeah, so basically the way persistent damage works is that every, at the end of my turn, I have to roll a flat check, which is basically roll a d20, don't add anything to it, and I think I have to beat 15 to stop bleeding. Okay, So. and if you don't, I roll 1d6 and you take that, yes? Yeah, so no matter what, it's going to happen on this one, but okay. on the next turn, basically, to see if the persistence keeps up or not, I have to roll All right. All right, so I'll roll my original 3d6, which is uh, 2, 1, 5, 8 damage, uh, I guess, plus 5 on my strength, yes? No? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So 8 plus 5, 13, okay. and then the 1d6 for the bleed. Okay, go ahead and roll that. 2, 15. Okay, so minus All right, and then for their second attack, or is that for both of them? That was for the first one. Okay. And then for the second, uh, 1, 3, 4. Five, nine, also plus two, 11. 11, okay. All right. Yeah, so you, you run up and you see this shoulder exposed. And you can see that this creature, though it is covered in fur, it, it must live near this area because it has like this glossy kind of wet fur. Um, you can see that moss has almost started to like collect inside the fur. It has like this greenish hue to it as well. Mm. Um, and you strike into this massive shoulder and uh, cut twice, and the creature moves to the side uh, a little bit. It recoils from your damage and kind of looks at you and just like sniffs in that um, challenging kind of way that a gorilla will do. And you can just see the morning mist kind of <clears throat> flow away from its nose. Uh -oh. And uh, it is Coco's turn. All right, knowledge checks are actually actions now, right? They are. They're not free? Yes. Okay, so I'm not gonna waste my time with that. Instead, we're gonna go ahead and Coco's gonna stab some uh, putty from one of his pockets and uh, rub it together and then start to rub on uh, Kyrakon's tail and cast Stone Skin. So now the scales on Kyrakon, uh, they're 
green, but now they're like a, a more dark green, I guess. I, I'm very good at describing things. <laughs> it's just more, more green. Just more um, green. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, and, and so uh, Kirkon is a, is a green dragon, right? But uh, kind of in the way that Eidolons are, I imagine a dragon without wings because he can't fly. And um, so the green dragons, they, in, in Pathfinder especially, they have um, these very much um, like spiny uh, faces and, and so this this real nasty mouth with these terrible teeth and then spines going up along its its, uh, its ridge along its head and its back and then underneath uh, its neck as well. Um, thickly built and uh, yeah, pretty fierce. And now all of those scales just kind of get overlapped with this stone skin as it, as it uh, kind of takes over its body coming from the tail all the way to the front. That's two actions, and then my last action, uh, Kyrogon's going to take a step forward, and that's all he can do because you have vastly taken away his speed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, that's, that's my life. <laughs> yeah. Well, I already said, basically, I put like his max square all the way up on you, so I made it so that he's close enough to where it was like within the five foot reach. So if you want to take an attack with Kirkon, then that's fine. Oh, like back here? Yeah, if you, yeah, and, and you don't have to waste some movement on step. You can just make an attack now um, and I'll figure out. I would basically say like, oops, basically like this is like center mass of it. Okay. But his reach, like I could have made it more difficult because his reach is 20 foot reach. So oh, I could have, like, yeah, I can attack like out to here basically. You know, when you first showed him, I thought you were just like, oh, look at this giant thing, and you're going to shrink it down. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think you were going to keep it that size. I was, no. I was also hoping he shrunk it down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, look at this graphic. Uh, no. No, it's fucking huge. It's 40 foot. Yeah, it's gigantic uh, mechanically. So I don't like the Olo guy that brought us here. <laughs> yeah, Olo fucked up, but he's dead now. So Yeah, I was about to say, I'm pretty sure he had a heart attack, so, you know. Yeah. And at this point, based on where the Mega Primates is, that's what it's called. I kind of spilled the beans there. But basically, this thing's fucking standing on him. So, um, yeah, don't stress too Just much to about Olo. Sure he lived dead. a long, okay. happy life. Olo he was a very high-level oh, no. wizard. Um, yeah. Very sad now because I had worked him up to be like, you know, that uh, like that old strong sensei in my head where it's like, yeah, he looks all old and clearly like if I try him, he's going to hurt me. And then he immediately dies. So, yeah. So. Avatar Last Airbender. <laughs> <Stop. Yeah. laughs> um, yeah. So. So, yeah. So you go ahead. If you want to make an attack, uh, it's up to you totally to do it with your last action. But I would say because of how I played it, you are within reach. Yeah. Well, with my last action, Coco doesn't like what it did to uh, his his uh, dragon, so he's actually gonna cast another spell called Protect Companion and increase its AC by one. And that's a single action? Yeah, that's a single action, it's a cantrip. Awesome. All right, so very cool. And that takes us to finally- The buffing round. Uh, yeah. Our dear friend, Jordan. Uh, Catherine Fox, what is Catherine gonna do? Catherine's going to move within 30 feet of this King Kong looking bitch. Okay. And she's going to cast Impending Doom. Okay. Um, and what that does is you sift through a myriad of potential futures, seize upon one potential moment at which the target meets a particularly gruesome and fatal end, and then show it a vision of its impending demise. The intense mental vision grows more and more terrifying to the target as the doom grows closer, and it takes three rounds to reach its conclusion. The target must attempt a will-saving throw to determine the effects. At the end of the spell's duration, if the target was affected, the target witnesses its, deaths, its death and takes 6d6 mental damage. So I need to make a will save. And 
you don't have to, you're within 25 feet, so you oh, can't. Okay, then, I don't, then I don't move, I just cast it then. Okay. Um, all right, and I will make a will save. Ooh, okay, I rolled an eight. Uh, I, I'm not uh, well, sure how Pathfinder works, but I think you didn't win. Yeah, well, that was my roll. So um, plus 13, which is uh -oh. 20, <laughs> 21. Yeah. Is 21? it like my will or how do I? Against your, so you should have like a saving. Um, if you go to your spell uh, like page, it's your DC at the top. Class DC? Yeah. Oh, 28. 28 yeah. So yeah, still fail. Yeah. Ah. So after three rounds, it's going to take... 66? Yes. Okay. So round one. Okay. Just don't kill it in that time. And yeah. so you still have you still have uh, one action left, um, if I'm correct. And so you can move further back. Um, you can stay put. Uh, you don't have to use it. You can do anything else you like with I... your <laughs> I'm going to stay put. Okay. That'll work. And that takes us to uh, the homie. So he is going <laughs> to... Let's see. Let's see what fun things we can do. Um, this was fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, it's been nice knowing you. Yep. <laughs> Either the dragon dies or you die. So. <laughs> um, I should have readied my elixir of life as my second action. <laughs> you still right. can. I mean, I haven't, I haven't done anything. So if you'd like to, um, I mean, you haven't lost any health either. So yeah, don't no. waste it. Um, but OK, so what it's going to do you see it now has this enemy in front. It's bleeding from its shoulder. Um, and it it rears its head back and roars and just beats against its chest. I need all of you to make a will save. Hmm, okay. okay. So Five plus, plus 15 is a 20. So 20. I rolled a 14 plus 19 is uh, 33. 33, okay. So Coco rolled an eight plus 17. So that's a 25. And then Kyrakon rolled. Where is your will save, my friend? Oh, he's got a plus 14, so a 33. Okay, so uh, Catherine and Karkon both uh, pass this will save and are unaffected. Um, for the other two, you are both frightened one. So basically it is a, a uh, minus one to all of your, it basically it's a status penalty equal to the value. So it, it's to all your checks and DCs um, until the end of your next turn, basically. Your AC is a DC. Yeah. So that's that's fun. So minus one to your uh, to your AC um, and any like seal checks or anything like that as well. Got it. Or if you're like trying to do something against him and he's got to make a save, then your DC would drop as well for that. So Ooh. yeah, and then with its last action is gonna swing out um, his arm to try to hit uh, Barrett. So. That roll that was cracked. Uh, so that so that whole buff that we got at the beginning of the fight is now neutralized. Is what I'm it, saying. Well, oh, yeah. Here. So that's it's single round anyway. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Um, but yeah. Right. So yeah. Um, and so that is a. I don't think this is gonna hit. Twenty-four. Uh, your AC. Uh, it does not. I am okay. Uh, twenty-nine, but minus one is a twenty-eight. So. Yeah. So you you hear this roar, and I mean you're you are literally next to this thing's head. Um, you can see like the, its giant fangs. Um, you know its mouth that's large enough to easily swallow you in one bite, um, and it roars out, and you you feel this. Uh, this sort of sense of fear, which I think, you know, as a, as a fighter, Bear probably hasn't felt in a while. And then it swings out against you, and you kind of scrabble back and, uh, and duck underneath um, this you know, massive arm that's, that's kind of flying over your head. 
And that is going to end uh, this creature's turn. And it is now your turn. So he hasn't moved. You're still within range to, to kind of make another attack. So to make it dramatic, what I'm going to do is when he went oh, to yes. swing at me and I dodged back from him, I then turned, since I, since I was able to get out of the way of it, I sliced back with both swords at once using my double slice ability. Okay. So it says that um, I last shot at my foe with both weapons, make two strikes, uh, one with each melee weapon, use my current multiple attack penalty. So it means none, right? Right. Right. And so, um, so I'm going to do that, hit him twice with no penalty to either one. Okay. Is that a two-action deal? Yes, it is a two-action, uh, I believe. That's, yeah, that's two-action activity. Especially at this level, like, it's so absurd to be able to have zero penalty for two attacks. Ooh, okay, yeah. so that's a two and a nine plus <laughs> a 21. <laughs> so it's so a 23 and a 30. Hero point. Yeah. <laughs> you can, yeah, so that's, uh, I don't think I talked about it. So hero points are a thing. Um, so when you do heroic stuff, um, if you feel like you've done something heroic, let me know, because I sometimes forget, I'm bad about forgetting about this. But if you do heroic, thi heroic things, you always get a hero point. Everybody always starts with one hero point at the beginning. So you don't have to use it right now, but if mm -hmm. you miss a roll and you'd like to re-roll it, you can always use a hero point if you have them. Currently, the party has one each. Uh, but yeah, the first attack misses, second attack does hit. Ooh. Um, then yeah, I'm, I'll take it as is. I'll save my hero point. Okay. But um, but yeah. Oh, no. and sorry. Before you go on, uh -huh. one important thing about a hero point: if you were to go below zero HP, you can use your hero point if you have it, or all of your hero points if you have multiple, to go to one HP instead and not go into dying conditions. So oh. that's something to keep in mind as well. Noted. But, I guess yeah. I missed that part. When Since I'm we're trying. on a one shot, I will try to be generous with them. Just, you know, if you like, hey, that was fucking badass what I just did. I, you know, <laughs> let me know. And I'll try to make it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so first attack misses, second one hits. So um, just kind of the way it's swinging, you get one out and one of your um, one of your swords kind of clips the bone of this monster's wrist. Um, but this thing is, you know, a seriously battle-hardened gargantuan creature. Um, so its skin is already pretty tough. And that one just kind of, uh, you can hear the clang as it hits the bone. The other one kind of tears into its hand. Um, and go ahead and roll for the damage on the single attack. Before we go so much further, I just mm -hmm. remembered that he was bleeding. What, are you supposed to do that on your Oh, yes, the... I am. Yeah, and then after roll. So what was the, go ahead and roll your d6 and I'll roll to see if I get out of it. I rolled a natural yeah. one, so I don't get out of it. Okay, and my die fell off the table again, so. Is it a critical failure? Five. <laughs> I don't think it matters for persistence, but yeah. Uh, five damage? Yes. Okay. It'd be ten. That'd be cool. <laughs> um, All right, so I will roll my 3d6 on the one attack that does hit, and since I have hit again, that means he continues, or you didn't get out of it, so he's still bleeding, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yep. Also, looking back at, uh, looking away from my character sheet and at the uh, the site that we used, I realized that I was doing my damage wrong earlier. Um, so, six, four, one, plus seven, not plus five. Um, so, so 11, 11 plus seven damage, 18 damage is what I just did with this one now? attack. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then add two more for your first time that you attacked? Yes. Four more? Yes. Okay. Why don't you give me my options? Okay. What was the damage you just rolled? I'm sorry. 18. 18. Okay, 18 plus 4. Okay. All right. Yeah, so you guys have done a pretty good chunk of, well, um, Barrett has done, done a pretty, pretty good, good chunk of damage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, everybody else is out here uh, chilling hard. Um, no. <laughs> no, no, you're doing that. Um, yeah, so he, he takes a hit. And then you still have one action left if you'd like to try to do anything else. Um, Barrett is going to use his last action to attempt to jump down the cliff and stand between uh, our giant monkey and um, his friends. Okay. So what you can do is basically this is a 30-foot... Um, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, jump. So it's possible, and there is a way to mitigate this. Okay. Um, but let me just look it up because uh, I forget exactly what it's called. It's like called grab a ledge or something. Um, so my uh, my client, what is it? Uh, I, I took a feat for this. Yeah, you uh, have combat climb. climmer. Yeah, that's why I put you on a wall, and then you immediately yeah. climbed it. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's see. So basically, yeah. So you're just gonna roll athletics if you want to do this. Still, you can you can certainly jump off. Um, it'll take up your reaction for this turn. Um, okay. But so it's gonna be your action and then reaction to grab an edge. But you can mitigate the damage. Um, so if you criti critically succeed, you grab the edge or handhold. Blah blah blah. Oh, you do need to have a hand free. So that's kind of another thing. Okay. You have two so. Um, do I, sh do I, am I able to stow a single weapon and then jump or no? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is that, is stowing a weapon of free action yeah. or no? Uh, yeah, fuck it. I think in, in this instance, like you guys are level 10 characters, you're pretty fast enough with your weapons that I think that that's easy. I'll go ahead and give you that as a free action. That's okay. Um, you still take damage from the distance falling so far, but you shoot the fall as if you were 30 feet shorter. So if you critically succeed, you can treat it as 30 feet shorter. If you succeed, you basically would only take fall damage for 10 feet. All right. So I just wanted everybody to know that for for because for style points and because it's buried is all about style points. He's <laughs> stowing his weapon by putting it in his teeth like a like like my boy Roro Noah Zoro. So uh, <laughs> yeah. biting the backside of the blade so that, you know, the jagged part is facing away and I don't cut my own head off. But, you know, yeah. And I jump down and try to catch myself so I don't die. 17 plus athletics is 19. What does that come out to? Uh, 36? 36. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So definitely, yeah, that would be a critical success. So you, you basically jump down. Um, and you're standing in front of this creature now, one one weapon in your hand. Um, you kind of do that thing where uh, you like dig your hand into the rocks, and it's just fucking rocks flying everywhere. Yes. Skip down. Yes. And hit the floor. Um, hero pose. Get up. You have the sword in your mouth. The other one in your arm, in your hand. That ends your turn. Give yourself another hero point. Let's fucking <laughs> move on. This is great. I'll take it. All right. All right. Takes us back to Coco. All right. Coco's going to go ahead and slap Kyrakon oh, on the butt. Sorry. Wait. Go before ahead. you do anything else, yes. um, everybody make a perception roll. Uh -oh. a free free action perception roll. Okay. I can't roll, man. I can't. <laughs> What's wrong? Coco, do something, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, I rolled an 11. That's a four for the audience. Yeah. Uh, natural four with the 19. Okay. Five plus 16, that's a 21. 21, okay. I got an 11 plus 16, it's a 27. Okay. So, yeah, this kind of makes sense um, with Bear being next to the creature. Uh, this creature certainly looks wild, um, but there's something you notice. You notice uh, it's like an earring on the right ear that's facing you, uh, hanging from the creature, and it has some kind of like runes or glyphs uh, written into it. It's like almost like a sheet metal um, square. Um, I use a lot of anime references now for whatever reason, but like think like Demon Slayer, how they have like those like almost like paper tag type. And so it, it looks similar to that and it has, and it's it's hanging from its ear and you can see like these 
keeps glowing runes for whatever reason. Uh, that's something that you that you notice. Um, you have a sword in the mouth, so you can't really say anything about it. But that's something you notice, and and nobody else does. No, that's weird. Sorry, go ahead, Goko. You are. It's your turn. Goko. Uh, last kind of but like get out. And so Karakon's gonna take his two actions to slash out at this thing with its claws. It's a natural 17 um, plus 21. So that's uh, oh, a yeah. 38. Crit, yeah. Crit, perfect, yep. cool. That's, that, I have to look things up now. <laughs> All right, so I have a feat that lets me add bleed damage to whenever I crit. Nice. So let's go ahead and do that. So you're gonna take another D6 of bleed damage. I don't think it stacks with uh, yeah, Red, though. Yeah, it is just once. But... Yeah. But I want you to know that you would have to bleed. <laughs> For sure. We'll still take cut up really good. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, and then I roll this twice because it's a crit. So that's uh, 20. So, yeah, I was going to say I actually take the the roll and then okay. double it. So, oh, okay. Well, that's even better yeah. then. Yeah. So 28. 28 right? plus 14. What, uh, I'm sorry. Plus 14? Yeah, because I double my bonuses as well, correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so plus 14. Okay. So that would be, what, 42? Yeah. 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 That sounds right. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, dang. Yeah, okay. big time so, damage. He did some damage. Yeah, that's yeah. big time. And he's going to do it again. He's going to crit again, because I believe. <laughs> Didn't crit again, but still. Uh, what was um, your bonus? Uh, 15 plus 21 minus 5. Okay, so same. I could do this. 10 plus 31. 31. 31. Okay. Yeah, still a hit, but not a crit. Okay. So now it's just a 2d8 plus 7. So that's 17 points of damage. Wow. But he also has a feat called Merciless Rend. Hey. So he he does his damage again. Okay. Anytime you make somebody bleed or when both of those hits? When both of his uh, claw attacks hit. I love it. All right, cool. He does rend. So then that's another, oh, wow. <laughs> Trash. Oh, uh, minus three for the listeners. Let's remember this is a podcast. Yes. Okay. It was um, a three total <laughs> out of my 2d8. I got a three. Yeah. So plus seven still. So that's 10 points of damage for the rend. I mean, still, that's like... 60 some points in a single round so that's still huge no he did uh, great yeah and then that's is that just two actions or is that... that was just two actions okay so for my third action um what is one action that i can do <laughs> hold uh i'll just cast protect companion again okay yeah so that, his it's... ac stays up by one okay awesome and that's my turn all right and okay we are now in second round of Catherine's spell, um, and what does Catherine do on this round? My weapons are not really well suited for this, but I think I just want to run up to him and hit him with my juggling club. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, okay, and I do remember reading, you can, I think you can throw that too. Uh, let me check this. I don't... Yeah, throw in 20 feet. Oh yeah, uh, how far am I? Okay, then I'm not gonna run all the way up to him. So I'll yeah, so you, what you can through. do is just take a step, yeah. So one yeah. step forward. And then you still have two actions, so you can use an action to throw uh, your club. Yeah, that's going to be my action. I'm going to throw my juggling club at him. I'm okay. aiming for the hit. Awesome. So, yeah, give me a d20 plus 16. 20 total. It was I rolled a four. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah, so you you throw, you throw step up and kind of throw your club, um, and it certainly sails and hits this massive body and uh, just bounces off and falls to the floor. Um, and yeah, yeah, just not enough to, to hit a vital point uh, to do any damage on that one. Um, so I don't think it's got like any returning thing on it, does it? 
No. So yeah, so that would be, you still have one action left, um, should you choose to use it. Let's see. And I feel like there's no way you can only have one focus spell and or only one focus point and have six focus spells. That seems yeah, right? uh, fucking insane. Like that doesn't make any I sense. Why would right? Yeah. When I chose so, these spells, I didn't know we were going to be fighting a gorilla. No, so. no you're fine. But my point being, like, I think you can still do, I would say you can do another, I don't know. How do many. another spell, you think? I'll say you have six. Yeah, I'd say you have okay. six focus points because I don't know how they work. And people who actually play Pathfinder <laughs> are probably going to get mad at me. But fuck you guys. It's a one shot. <laughs> not fuck you guys. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be rude. But it's a one shot. We're going to go. We're going to go. But yeah, so you have six focus points. You've used um, one so far. I, so you still have I, five more. Let's see. What can I do? Oh, oh, I have a good one. I'm going to cast Blindness. Yeah. Is that a single action spell? It is. Okay. Uh, so you Dang. blind the target. The effect is determined by the target's fortitude save. The target then temporarily uh, immune for one minute. Okay. Uh, all right. So I have to beat your 28 with my fortitude save. Assuming this guy has a giant fortitude. Yeah, I rolled a natural 18. Um, I don't know yeah. why having a giant fortitude sounds like a euphemism, but it did. <laughs> <laughs> How big's your fortitude? Purchase Viagra. Um, so yeah. So is there anything like if it critically succeeds, does it get any bonus? If or it no? critically succeeds, let's see. The target's unaffected. Yeah. So just unaffected. Um, you see your spell go out, and and kind of hit um, the the gorilla's face, and it kind of shakes its head and roars again, and uh, and doesn't seem to be affected by the blindness. All right, so now it is um, the creature's turn. Um, it just took a shitload of damage and is um, kind of now in this defensive mode. So it is going to uh, step back some because it still has range to swing. Um, but moving out of your range uh, will trigger an attack of opportunity. Should you? Yeah. Oh no, you don't have one. I'm sorry. I that was oh, fucked up. I didn't mean to reaction. do it that way. But yeah, reaction. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to set you up just to knock you over. Um, but it's yeah, you would have had an attack of opportunity, but you fucking used it. So I have one. Oh, do you? Okay, let's roll it. So yeah, he moved out of your out of your space as well. So that's a 16 plus the 21. One damn. Um, thirty-seven. Yeah, that's a, another crit. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna do that claw damage again. Claw again? Okay. So yeah, roll it up, and uh, we'll we'll see. Oh, I rolled yeah. a seven to two d eight. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So um, yeah. So as it's moving back, you see Kirikon just scratch out with this claw, um, and is able to to still get it across um, its stomach. And you can see it rend uh, a little bit, um, and and you know draw some blood, but it's just not enough to take it down. the The creature does look in pretty bad shape, though. Um, you guys can all see that. Uh, yeah. So you make that attack, and it is now moved back. It is going to now strike out um, and try to do the same thing. So it's going to slam down with its two fists again. At this time, at uh, Barrett. Oh no. Uh, natural 19 on the first attack. Uh-oh. What's your AC? 29. Okay. But I think you might be okay. Let me see. Um, never mind. I'll take the back. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you keep getting my hopes up just to dash them? Um, so this is uh, one of those instances where it's like, you know, we talked about the numbers in Pathfinder being just crazy. 
Um, this was a 40 after modifiers. Uh, so that's a crit on the first one. Let's just roll that second one, though, just to see. Um, and uh, sorry. Or, 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 or just not. Well, that's important. Um, okay, that was a 15 on the die. 15 on the die for a 32 to hit for the second attack. So, all right, let me just. Then a couple of these sums of bitches. So it's using that special double slam attack again that it did on Kirikon. And you see its two fists come slam down, um, trying to take you out. And it is going to do, oh, let me see. This one, this one. Sorry guys. Um, so the first one is 15, 25, 50 damage for the first attack. With that critical success, and then the second one is 20 damage for the second attack, and that puts a little stank on it because of the special move it's doing, and that is going to be an, an additional three. That was a Joe roll. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't take kindly to that. <laughs> so yeah, so <laughs> you see it like if this was uh, a cartoon, like you'd be slammed into the dirt head poking out only as it just comes down with these two massive fists and just crushes into your body um you know you're a, a very tough warrior you take the two hits and, and you're definitely thrown to the floor um and you kind of have to work yourself back up but uh um yeah 73 damage yeah that's, oh it's uh, a lot yeah you said you bought 12 potions right <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude. Uh, so. uh, yeah, and that will end uh, his turn, and it is now your turn to retaliate. Um, yeah, and it's looking rough. Like it, it, it's this is thing is in bad shape. All right, so now I'm knocked down. Um, you know, or I'm, I'm busted up pretty good. I'm in my anime pose. I got the sword in my teeth. I'm bloodied up now, and I cough and I do do that whole dramatic anime pose. I'm not done yet, <laughs> and then I run up and try and finish him off. Okay, so yeah, uh, you will, yeah. Uh, Please don't miss after that. Right. <laughs> and, and you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna, I'm coming around with both swords. I do a whole 360 spin, two swords slashing at the same time. I'm going with my, my double strike again. Okay. Um, was it, is it double strike? Is that what it is? Double slice, I think. Double oh, yeah. slice, double slice. Double yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, I roll my, that's a 16 and a 10. So, That'll be a 37 and a 31. Yeah, so first one is a crit. Um, yeah, so same, you you come back in, in kind and um, land some very impressive blows against this thing. So uh, yeah, go ahead and give me that damage. So first one, so it's a critical, basically, yeah, roll your roll your die and then double your total is how I do it. Um, I okay. Think do it, but I don't know, but that's why I do it. And then uh, second one, just give me the, the damage for that. Okay, so first one, uh, those are weak rolls. Uh, two, three, two, four. So what is that? Seven plus seven is 14. Doubled is 28. Okay. And then on my second strike, six, four, three, 13 plus seven is 20. Uh, yeah, so you definitely kill this good. How do you want to... How do you want to do this? How do you want to kill it? So I, I feel like he he backed up 
and then struck out at me and then as he was trying to draw his fist back i like did like a re like i said i did a 360 but it was more of a, like a reverse 360 so i swung around and then sliced up its arm as he was like as i was like charging at him okay. so i just like slit the whole like arm coming artery. up with it yeah. yeah yeah so now it's just bleeding out everywhere <laughs> yeah and so and then just you know this this uh blood's gushing out he's already been taking wounds all over his body um you see as it kind of just rises up on its toes and and just in reacting and, and kind of just blood spraying and falls back um it hits uh some trees coming down and you just hear the loud crack um you know that thunder sound of trees breaking um and its head kind of just rests into the creek there um and this thing is it is done nice and that's the one shot, right? We win. <laughs> and and you still have not successfully saved uh, Prince Estebar. Um, but yeah, so you guys are uh, have killed this creature. Cool. Well, yeah, so um, monster defeated. You guys now um, have a, a second. Um, go ahead and actually everybody give me a perception roll. And I'll say... Um, or Barrett, you're going to take a minus two status penalty to this just from like where you're at and what you like you being engaged in this, like the end of the conflict. Um, so basically whatever your perception is, minus two. Got it. I rolled a six. Wait, what did I roll? Just kidding. Let me start over again. I rolled a six plus 16 is 22. Okay. And, and I rolled a 13 plus 16 minus two, so plus 14, uh, 27. I got 31. 31, okay. 16 plus 15. All right, so as you guys can see this, um, uh, Coco, you you hear the sound of rocks falling, and there's been a lot of crashing and, and fighting and all this stuff, but uh, something about this caught your ear because it came from behind you. You look up um, to see um, the shape of a figure that was looking over the ledge um, to the north of you and um, take off, uh, uh, you know, from your vantage point, you can't really see what's up there, but essentially like on the map where the cave is, you see, you saw a creature going there. Um, and I would say with, you know, in a perception roll in the 30s that you, it looked similar to the Charaka that you saw um, in the SMR's house. Like you, you could tell that that's probably the creature that it was. Okay. So yeah, so you guys are kind of free to just do what you would like at this point because you're out of initiative order. Um, you know, Coco just saw that thing, but you kind of have a chance to, to regather, regroup. So then um, Barrett's going to heal. Okay. You need to heal like a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Barrett's going to chug a couple potions. Okay. Um, and he has a couple of elixir of life that are moderate, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what is that? 5d6 plus 12. We're going to do that in the Dude, digital yeah, roller because it's faster. So ridiculous. Um, yeah. One of my, in our home game, our, one of our uh, players is an alchemist and um, it's just insane. Between that and like just having medical, like treat wounds checks, you can you don't really need a cleric other than. Oh like, my god! Uh, <laughs> so the first potion. Two ones and a two. Um, <laughs> Maybe we do need a cleric. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I did intend to take. Oh, two was multi-class, but he's dead now. So. So I'm gonna roll one more. 
Oh, it got worse. Jesus Christ. What? What happened? <laughs> okay, so the comedy of this for the listeners is that um, the first roll was a two, a one, a five, a four, a one. The second roll was a one, a one, a two, a one, and a three. Um, <laughs> so th- they're pretty powerful potions, so it's still 45 points of healing, uh, but certainly not as good as it could have been. Uh, oh, so, yeah. So, okay. I mean, you've taken close to 100 I, points of damage at this point, right? Yeah, it took a 73. Oh. And so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it was just total. It was just that one big hit that he got oh, me yeah. with. Okay. Yeah, so uh, you're mostly there. So it's up to yeah. you if you, you want to try to heal before you go into this dark cave or not. Uh, 45 will put me at, what, 110? Um, yeah, I'll take one more. Jesus. One more. With your roll, <laughs> it might do enough. All right. Hey, there we go. There we there's, go. there's some better rolls. <laughs> Two six five five one. Yeah. Did that get you to full? Uh, I don't think it'll get me to full, but it'll get me pretty close. Was it? Forty five, forty five and thirty one is seventy six. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. And um, what about for Coco? Because you guys share HP, so. Yeah, but he's gonna feed Kyrakon, uh potion. Okay. Same thing that Regis took. So that's 5d6, right? Yeah. Yeah. Plus 12, 32 points of damage, and he's all the way back up. Nice. Points of healing. Um, it's a six, two, a six, a five, and a one. Yeah, awesome. And then he's going to say, uh, guys, I, uh, my spell that I just used, it only lasts for like 20 minutes, so if we could go. Uh, we just saw something in a cave. Uh, well, I just saw it because my eyes are so good, but uh, it looked like the thing you were talking to in the house. Yeah, let's go. Catherine's box didn't take any damage, so she doesn't need to heal, but she does pick up her juggling club. Okay. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah, so... Oh, that's the body for uh, Ob- Oboe's body. Oh, yeah. Olo's body. Uh, <laughs> sure. Go ahead and do a perception roll, and uh, let me just... Hey, there we go. A 19 plus 15, so a 34. Okay. Um, yeah, so um, he didn't carry much. He, he just kind of has his robes. Um, he had some like weird trinkets and stuff. But the one thing that you do find um, with that roll is an ion stone, um, a pink rhomboid ion stone. So um, what, for those who don't know, ion stones are basically these like intricately cut gemstones um that can store power um and they when you invest in them uh which is like investment is what you would consider attunement in D D. when you invest in it um it kind of it floats around your head and it gives you different uh, bonuses so um can i roll to see what a pink right a pink iron stone does because i don't know sure go ahead and do um an arcana roll i guess oh that's a six um <laughs> I I I'm magical. Maybe this will work. Uh, well, not. What's your what's your bonus? Uh, a fourteen. So a twenty. Okay. Um, do you I I would say you would know that it's a rare one. Um, and if Olo had it, um, you know, it's obviously pretty strong. But you wouldn't know exactly what it does, uh, without investing in it, basically. Okay. And that yeah. takes time. Uh, I don't remember how investment works. <laughs> Sorry, guys. No, you're fine. Yeah, you're yeah, virtual. Okay. I'm going to throw my chair. It takes sitting literally in an action. This okay. process requires one or more <laughs> interact actions. So, yeah. Um, he puts it in his uh, nose, and that's how he interacts with it. Okay. Uh, yeah, so you um, put it in your nose and kind of concentrate on it. 
um, and you can feel your nostril just start to flare. It almost has like a burning sensation. Um, and it, it, it has this like intense heat and then it kind of warms to um, like this nice soothing heat. The iron stone pops out of your nose um, and starts to rotate around your head and you feel uh, like a sense of vitality has overcome you. Um, and so mechanically what that means is that you now have uh, 15 temporary hit points. Oh, so we have 15 temporary hit points. Exactly, yeah. I love it. I'll, yeah. I'll keep track of that somehow. Okay, and it is, I, I actually did found it in Path Builder because I didn't think about the fact that you would search this shit, so um, <laughs> you, can add, you can add it in there. I was cool. like, yeah, I'm just going to kill this dude off and then he'll be fine and those move on. And I was like, oh yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> like a powerful wizard. Um, so you just get one item, and that's the item that you get. Um, but yeah, so you guys are good. So are you going to kind of, I mean, it's not a long trail to get up there and just kind of move around. Or are you going to try to climb the cliff? What's your what's your plan? You can move down to the south and just kind of go up the hill, basically. What's fastest? Pro- probably just walking around, honestly. I mean, it's not like a huge distance, so. I'm going to get on the back of Kyrakon. He's going to climb up. Okay. He's got a climb speed. He's a dragon. I don't know. Dude, if he doesn't have a climb speed, then you need to roll a fucking athletic uh, check, buddy. Damn. Wow. Um, <laughs> okay. I, there is hostility in that. <laughs> plus oh, what? no. Is 10 plus only... five. <laughs> that can't be right. It says plus three. <laughs> No. Oh yeah, he's a dragon. Okay, so your dragon, uh, you climb on the back oh, of. Oh wait, uh, no, hold on. A plus five. Okay, so you climb on the back of Kirikon, and uh, and he starts to try to scrabble up this uh, cliff face. But um, though it's easier for um, a human because the handholds are kind of built for that, um, you can see Kirikon is kind of struggling with it, um, and uh, I, I would think that Kirikon kind of looks back at you looks towards the bottom, like the south of the trail where I imagine everybody else is going, jumps off and it starts walking in that direction. Yeah, no, that's what I told you to go to in the first place. <laughs> this is good. Awesome. Um, so yeah, so as you guys start to approach the cave, what is your, um, like, what is your mode of explore, exploration? So basically Pathfinder, you can break it down into three modes, right? So there's like downtime uh, when you're just kind of dealing with stuff. Um, the encounter mode, and then of course the, um, I just used the word and now it always escapes me. Um, exploration? Geez, expo- thank you, Jesus okay. Christ. Exploration mode. So basically in exploration, you can do different things uh, such as like, you wanna be in stealth. So, you know, it's gonna reduce your speed, um, but then that's what you're concentrating on. If an encounter were to break out while you're in exploration mode and you're using stealth, that would be what you're using for your initiative. Um, you could also do things like um, detect magic. And because detect magic is something that is a cantrip, it doesn't cost you anything. You can just kind of like just be detecting as you're going and also moving slowly. So if you guys want to use stealth, we'll need stealth rolls. If you just want to, you know, bust in, we can do that too. Just let me know how that's going to work and then we'll uh, go from there. So let me ask you this. Yes. The cave we're going into, is it big enough to house another giant gorilla? It is not big enough. (laughs) All right. So in that case, very important feeling, <laughs> feeling that you know, um, I'm cocky enough that we just got done killing this giant gorilla, and now I'm nice and healed back up to full health. 
I'm feeling emboldened. So I'm just, uh, there's no stealth here. I'm chasing, you know, tiny, tiny monkeys that have stolen a child. I'm busting in. I'm not, there's no stealth regarded here. Okay. And what is your um, marching order as well? I'm going to uh, think the big dragon up front. Okay. And then maybe, maybe you. Yeah. <laughs> Barry, Barry can go right next to the dragon. Yeah. We, yeah. We yeah. I think, I think they can be friends. Bringing up the rear, uh, holding one of her weapons because Barry has just gone run in here. So she's ready to fight again. Yeah. So, okay, before I move you guys, so yeah, so you guys head up the hill. You can see this, the the opening to the cave. Um, and the opening is about, it's about 10 feet high, about 15 foot wide. Um, it is a dark opening, but it seems that there was once at least some kind of stone structure to the outside, um, almost as if this is not like a natural cave. Uh, it appears to be closer to some kind of ruin that was, you know, buried in the jungle, um, with just this entrance coming uh, out to it. But you can see things that look like, you know, broken stone columns and things like that. Um, that kind of indicate maybe there was something more here. Um, as you start to approach, you're you're getting you're like 15, 20 feet away. You can start to hear that there are sounds um, inside. And let me have all of you roll uh, perception. Okay. I rolled a six. So 21 total. Jeez Louise, I rolled a three. Uh, so that's going to be 19 total. Okay. Uh, the total doesn't really matter because I rolled a natural. <laughs> uh, I mean, it matters. Skill checks, I think. Okay. Uh, Do they? Okay. Well, then a uh, total of 17. 17. Okay. Uh, so we got a 21, a 17, and, and what was Jordan's roll? 19. Okay. Uh, right. So, yeah. So you, um, you guys can hear sounds, but you can't really, like, to determine what exactly is going on. It's just, there's a multitude of sounds. You can hear almost like a chittering sound. Um, you can hear like scuffling, you hear water dripping. Um, you hear some kind of weird ominous sound, but you can't really piece together what's happening with that specifically. Um, so you guys start to approach and I'm going to go ahead and change maps for you. So you might have to refresh your roll 20. Mm -hmm. I'm here. Yeah. I, I have to refresh. I just see a black screen. Okay. Scroll you down might just have to scroll around. Oh, okay. Okay. So you can see your character now. Uh, it's taken a second to load, but yeah, I can see it. Okay. Yeah. So you guys enter the cave and it kind of opens up in both directions, uh, left and right, and then forward as well. Um, from what you can see, uh, there are appears to be like these kind of uniform columns down um, down each hallway to the left and to the right. Um, and as you guys step in, it's about ankle deep of water, um, and you can just oh, hear God. water dripping off the rocks. Um, but you you know you make a little bit of a splash as you come through, especially because you guys you know weren't trying to be stealthy at all. Um, and you can hear now um, this sound building, and you can hear uh, creatures. Uh, it sounds like they're in all directions. Like you can hear things coming from uh, all these different places um, around you. And uh, do you guys continue on forward? What what you see um, ahead of you is like a staircase, basically. Um, but I you can't like see it's like too high. To detect magic. Okay. What's the emanation for that? Like how? What's the range it goes out? Um, hang on, I have to scroll and find it. I literally just saw it. Where is it? It's gonna take me a second to find where this is because this character sheet is intense. Yeah, it, there's a lot there. Um, let's see, so spells, I would say cantrips, detect magic, 30 foot emanation. Okay. Um, so, uh, where's my level figure? Okay. 
Yeah, so you you're kind of detecting and 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 you know reaching out in all directions around you, and you don't currently detect any magic other than the you know magical items that um, your companions are wearing. Okay. And then just let me know when you guys like want to move forward and stuff. I want to keep going. We got to find this kid. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah, so you guys start to move forward, and you can like as you get to the next um, the like next series of columns. You hear splashing as like creatures are kind of running, uh, running away from the direction you're coming. Sorry, this is hard to do. Uh, are we supposed to say hello to them? Is that? Oh, did we knock? Hey, we want to borrow sugar. <laughs> and you hear a slight faltering in uh, in what you now can determine is ch- is chanting, and uh, you. But then it picks up and it picks up with with some speed. Uh, and then as you guys come into the final space, you can see oh. there's a staircase leading up. You enter the space that's like this this cavernous opening. Um, these stairs are leading up and, and part of the stairs are ruined to either side. And there's this um, like platform stone that's risen up uh, higher than the level that you're on. To the sides, this level kind of goes out and around to these walls that have been damaged. And to either side of the stairs and around the the platformed uh, section, it's just darkness. Um, I don't, you know, you don't, you don't know if it's been, you know, the ground has been ripped and, and pulled down. You don't know if this was like this before, but when you look down, you can't determine a distance. Um, what you also see around you are these small, um, three-foot baboon-like charaka. Um, you see, uh, move you guys a little bit. Um, you can see that there are three to either side of you, and uh, and up the stairs you can see these uh, brazers as well. And that's where you hear chanting. Um, you'd have to kind of move up the stairs to to get an idea of what's going on up there. But as of right now. The, the little charka that are are kind of off to the either side are just standing and kind of um, hooting and, and 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 chittering and making these noises and and kind of screaming at you and bearing their large baboon fangs and you know they have weapons these you know sharp little swords these short swords that they're ready to to kind of swing at you but they're not advancing towards you at all um, do you guys move up the stairs at all, or what, what would you like to do next? I'm not certain how feats work in Pathfinder, okay. but I do. I have a feat that's called uh, Golden Secrets. Okay. Um, and it says, uh, trained in occultism, you notice the signs and symbols that members of the mystery cults and other secret societies used to declare their affiliation to fellow members. You can use occultism in place of diplomacy to gather information about such groups. Okay. Uh, if you belong to a secret cult, lodge, sect, or similar organization, you automatically recognize members of your group, blah, blah, blah. Is that, is that helpful in this situation? It is, yeah. If you want to roll occultism to see what's happening based on the information you have, you can certainly do that. Yes. So that was a 12 uh, plus 16 is 28. 28. Okay. Yeah. So you're starting to piece this together. You remember what uh, what they, what um, your teammates said about uh, Prince and you see these charcoal now. Um, you can see the brazers, and you you listen to the sounds that are coming. Uh, what languages do you speak? Um, where where is that on my sheet? Where do we choose that? That is a good question. On the uh, looks like they're right below skills on the actual sheet, but I don't know where it's at in the site. Uh, details. Oh, is it under details? 
No, it's not. Yes, <laughs> it is. It's it is. Uh, details and then languages. Thing. Yeah, and I didn't pick mine either. <laughs> I don't think we did that during session zero. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, okay, we get four languages. So, um, well, I speak whatever language they're talking for sure. <laughs> I would say, based on the fact that Coco's in the party, it wouldn't. It would make sense that you would understand. So, basically, the language that they're speaking is draconic. Um, oh yeah, I'm a tiefling, so I would I would know draconic. That's not a stretch. Um, so yeah, so you hear them, and, and Coco for sure understands uh, the language um, as well as uh, Kirikon, but you can hear this chant that they're making, um, and it sounds, you know, as you're kind of piecing these last bits and pieces together, you can hear that it's something um, to imbue the strength of uh, the, of Angazan. Um, into a creature. Um, so they're basically trying to imbue somebody with the strength of their demon lord. Uh, I, I communicate all of that to my fellow party members. Hey, guys, little monkey jerks are trying to make Prince a demon god. Oh, well, that's not going to go well with the family at all. Should probably stop that. You think if we brought him back as a demon god that we'd still get paid? <laughs> hey, I don't think the full amount. I think it's going to be prorated. Oh. Then let's stop that. Yeah. And yeah, so are you guys going to move up the stairs? Uh, yeah. So yeah. once we all agree I mean, you to can stop see it, this stuff now, but like obviously, like your characters don't really know what's going on up there. Yeah. Once we all agree to stop it, Barrett's just charging in full bore. Okay. So you, yeah, you run up the stairs. Um, and when you get to the top of the stairs, you see a figure on um, this like circular uh, stone table. Um, and, you know, it seems almost like their lifeblood is pouring out of their body and being imbued into this creature. This creature that looks vaguely like a Charka, um, but seems to be growing in size. Um, and, you know, you, you've seen Charka. They're three foot. You can see behind it these two Charka that are using some kind of magic uh, to produce this spell that are also three foot. But this one that you're looking at seems to just be growing ever larger. Um, and the body kind of gives one last uh, um, exertion of lifeblood and collapses to the table. You look, and this creature uh, now is where the Charkar are kind of slimly and, and lean built. This is now like uh, a thickly built 10 foot tall uh, Charkar that has somehow grown horns that come out horizontally along its head uh, above its uh, brow ridge. Um, its hair has gone from kind of a, a dusty brown to a um, almost like a blood red and it yanks this large trident out of the ground um, that it had basically had it was like slammed into the stone in front of it, yanks it out of the ground um, and and looks to you. And we are going to roll initiative again. So hey, what's in that... this thing right here? So that is another person. So um, you can roll perception uh, on your turn. Coco can't see it from where you're at, um, but certainly Kirikon could, and mm -hmm. so could uh, Barrett. But yeah, if you'd like to determine, there is another person in this cage. Um, All right. Come on. I'm going to move this down just for a second because I can't add a turn because it's too high. What do we add for our initiative again? Perception. <clears throat> I need to bust out yield calculator because I can't do this math in my head. 
<laughs> I have been doing that the entire time. The numbers are too big. Right? What is this? Subtracting 73 from 138. <laughs> what? I'm rolling so 215. Does that hit? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think on Path Builder, you can just do a minus to your HP, right? Or no? Uh, no, I guess not. Possibly? There's another one, uh, uh, Wanderer's Guide, that you can just change. Like, you can just minus subtract the number. Well, I just remember that I can do it in roll 20 like that, so that's why yeah. I got a hell now. Yeah, hopefully this new Pathfinder, like, uh, Nexus uh, thing uh, yeah. works out. Uh, my initiative for Barrett is... Uh, 16, 18, 32, 34. That is a lot of people. Sure oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Look at all these monsters. It's a lot of I will do my best to make these characters go quickly. So, um, as quickly as I can. Uh, I don't want to slog, slog this for you guys either. So. I mean, coming from D and D, I'm much, much more accustomed to like two plus two is four minus one is three. <laughs> quick maths. I mean, the sad part is with D and D quick math, I still use my computer half the time. Or <laughs> seven plus three is ten. <laughs> yeah, that's the closest I've ever gotten to like having whiskey come out of my nose. <laughs> that's probably not a good thing to have. It kind of <laughs> hurt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I bet. That's funny. What kind of whiskey? Uh, Uncle Nearest. I'm gonna pretend like I know what that is. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you to Google it, um, but basically, um, the original family that uh, was the master distiller, or the original person that was the master distiller of Jack Daniels, um, mm-hmm. was a slave, and his family and a, another private, uh, another person who decided to get with that family and remake his original recipe, created Uncle Nearest. Oh snap! Okay. And it's delicious. I'm gonna have to try this. It's gonna give all of these little bitches the same. Did you roll a 19 on your initiative, Jordan? Oh, uh, yes, I did. Yeah, okay. so I'll play I got 34. Oh, 34. Yeah, that was without my modifier. Gotcha. I'd... Okay. Now, again. There we go. Okay. And I'm gonna just do for these little bitches, I'm just gonna do clockwise, starting from this one in the top right corner. So. Um, okay, yeah, so first in the initiative order is it's going to be Catherine. Or I guess, well, it's up to you guys. I'll let you decide. Do you want to do Catherine or Barrett? Because you guys rolled the same. Um, uh, her her uh, role was higher than mine, so I say she gets to. Okay. Okay, uh, I'm going to, I accidentally reloaded the map. Why, how did I do this to myself? Uh, <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the nearest little Chiraka next to me, and I'm going to bonk him on the head with that juggling club. Okay, so let me give you some perspective. So they're pretty far from you. 45 feet is the closest one. Okay. Um, oh, so just movement. That's, I mean, movement is going to be most of my actions then, right? It would, yeah, if that's what you decide to do. Yeah, yeah then I, just, I need to get up in the fray, so I'm going to use my actions on movement then. Okay. So I'll move you to the closest one, which would be 45 feet. How much is your speed? 30 or 25? Uh, I believe so. My Yeah, my speed is 30. 30 feet. Okay. So, yeah, so that'll be two, basically two stride actions, which will leave you one action when you get there. That's how that'll work. Bonk my head. Okay. And so go ahead and give me your bonk roll. That is a five. <laughs> okay. Uh, like an five, adequate bonk. <laughs> what, what can I add to that five that I rolled? Uh, your, your attack modifier. So uh, plus 16. 21. 21. Okay, that is better. And that hits. So go ahead and give the damage for that, which is 1d4 plus 4. You should use your dagger. 2 plus 4, 6. 6, okay. 
I don't necessarily want to murder them. I'm going to get back. Okay, I respect it. Uh, okay, so yeah, so you you run up and smack it in the head. Um, it kind of flops to the side and and is working its way back up. Um, and that will end your turn. So it takes us to Barrett. Barrett, so you are now faced with. Um, you're on this platform. You are now faced with this ten foot. Uh, Charakaw mutant type creature demonic thing um, that is holding a trident in one hand. Okay, so I'm now staring down the thick monkey. Um, So, (laughs) but he looks angry and prepared to come and kill me at this point. He looks angry and prepared to come and kill you. All right, so I'm bringing the fight to him. Uh, So I'm just going to run up on him. Or at least I thought I was. Yeah, this is kind of a big map, so. Yeah, I think 20 feet gets me there unless that unless these are bigger than five feet. Uh, he is. He's a he is 10 foot. So he does have basically where you're at. Would you'd be within reach now? Perfect. Yeah, All right. So space. then so I did manage to make it to him. Then um, it's a uh, it's slicing and dicing time. Okay. Um, I won't go with my double. Uh, is it double slice? I'll, I'll keep wanting to say double strike. Yeah, it's double slice. <laughs> But yeah, it's double slice. I'm not gonna use double slice. I'm just gonna go with two standard attacks at the moment. Okay. Actually, no, I am gonna go with double slice. That sounds like a foolish idea now that I know how that works. <laughs> yeah, might as well take the extra damage. Ooh, nat 20 on one, and then a nine wow. plus 21 on the other. Uh, so that's a 20, or sorry, that's a 41 and a 30. Dang, yeah, that's good. That's real good. So yeah, a crit on the first one. It's... Almost a crit on the second one, so. All right, so um, so we're gonna say we're gonna do three d six and then double it three three two. What is that? It's eight sixteen plus fourteen is thirty, and then the other three d six six four one eleven. Doubled was thirty. Uh, I believe so. Okay, it was eight I just want to make plus, sure. Yeah, because I, I yeah yeah you're good. Okay. Yeah. So thirty, and then on the second strike, it is uh, eleven plus seven. 18, so okay. 48 damage, um, and now he's bleeding. Does he take bleed damage now or it's his turn? Yeah, bleed damage now. Okay, so the first strike was the crit, which would have caused the bleed. Does the bleed get doubled? Um, yes, it will get doubled for this time. I think that's fair. 1D, so 2D6, uh, 8. All right, yeah, so come up and uh, one, you know, a couple big hits uh, immediately. Um, it's you know it's spinning it's it's trying to and it's trying to block but you're just so fast with those saw blades and so you're able to get underneath its guard and cut across twice one hits its thigh and the second hits across its ribs um, and it roars uh, a roar you you know you, you know I, you tell me what your characters are thinking but you know that's you're there's still this mindset of like you're fighting these charakai and now this thing is is this monstrous creature um, and it roars and shakes its its head and it has these big demonic horns coming out from the sides. Um, so I'm not scared because you know I just I just slayed King Kong out front, but yeah. at the same time I'm a little I'm a little I'm a little shook. Like you know I came in here expecting them tiny monkeys and now this big guy's in my face. So you know I'm 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 re re uh, rethinking my original uh, position on this whole situation. All right, and so that would be your turn. And now it is Coco's turn. I'm gonna hold. Oh, okay. To move in the order? Yeah. Okay. All right. I 
guess I accept your hold. What, uh, what are you holding for? I uh, guess uh, what's the like? Uh, what would be the trigger to take your turn? Or are you just kind of holding until something happens? I'm holding until something happens. Okay. I'm just waiting for them to position. Okay. So yeah. So next up is the big guy. So um, he's going to take a step. So when you take a step um, in Pathfinder, basically it's a five foot step. Mm-hmm. It allows you to not take an attack of opportunity because you're only moving five feet, but it does yep. use an action. Um, that I remember. Awesome. And then, yeah, he is going to. Um, yeah, so he is going to strike out with the trident. Is that a roll? There. Uh, oh, the trident has reach. <laughs> it does. Uh, natural 17 on the die. Uh, remind me of your AC again, please. 29. 29. Okay. So, yeah, this was a 34, so not a critical. Um, and I'll just roll a second attack now as well. Second attack was a natural 11, which is not going to hit. Um, so, it swings out with the first attack um, and stabs at you uh, for. So, 19 points of damage for the first attack. Um, slashes across and then swings at you again. You're able to bring your swords up and deflect the bl- the blow. Um, oh, oh, just, wait. Sorry, uh, I just remembered a yeah. thing. Um, so, I've got something. I've got a feat, Twin Parry. Uh, right. When you, you use your two weapons to parry attacks, you get a plus one circumstance bonus to AC um, to the start of your next turn. Is that a... No, it's an action, though, I guess, to act to go with Twin Parry. Or is, wait, okay, read that again. I'm sorry. Okay, so the requirement says, says here, you are wielding two melee weapons, one in each. It says you use two weapons to parry attacks. You gain a plus one circumstance bonus to my AC into the start of my next turn, or plus two if either weapon has the parry trait. You lose the circumstance bonus if you no longer meet this feat's requirement. I don't. So, neither, what go what activates it? Is it like an action, a reaction? Um, I guess it's an action. Let me look at my character sheet a little bit better here, because I'm I'm going off the symbols that are on the character sheet. Yeah. So yeah, it looks like it's an action. Yeah. Okay. So basically, you'd have to spend it. Yeah. Gotcha. That's what yeah. I was double checking. Yeah. So like, if you use your double, then you could just do the twin parry, and then that'll give you that chance. Yep. To, got it. Um, okay. Cool. Um, and that was two attacks. So yeah, that's his turn, uh, which is going to take us to the next one. So let me see what these little little baby guys can do. Can I take my turn real fast? Yeah, for it. sure. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna have Paracon uh, scoot up right in front. Okay. So that's five, 10, 15, 25. Oh, he is huge, I forgot. Uh, he's large, yeah. So yeah. can he fit there? Uh. With yeah, the... it'll be a little bit of, of squeeze, but yeah, I think that's fine. Okay. Well, actually, hold on. Let me. Let you me can just... actually move one more forward too, okay. and still not be like in his squares. Okay. Let's do that. There. That's yeah. better. Yeah. That that makes that makes me happier. And then he's gonna do his breath weapon. Oh. Okay. So that's a thirty foot cone. Shit. So that's all this. Yeah. And all all this stuff. Okay. Um, and it when he opens his mouth, just this green sludge just comes out. And just bones of all the turkeys he's eaten, the coffee beans that he didn't really digest, just all come out. Awesome. Um, and then that's, I believe, 66 worth of damage. <laughs> I need a basic reflex slave, though. But reflex save. Okay. Reflex save. <laughs> reflex slaves. You got it. Stop. <laughs> uh, okay. So for homie in the back, that's a 10. 
Other homie in the back, that's another 10. And big homie gets uh, 24. Okay, so the 10s uh, critically fail. Okay. And the other one just fails. Okay. So, so the critical fails will take double damage. And I'm just, I'm making sure this is right. At third level, it gets to 2d6, and every other two level, every other level, it's another d6. So when I get to fifth, that'd be three. Yeah. When I get to seven, that's four. Yep. And then eight, nine. Nine would be five. Okay, so 5d6. Yeah. Okay, so I rolled a 15, a four, two, three, five, and a one. Okay. So that's 15 to the big guy. Okay. And 30 to the smaller guys. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. And that is my turn. Uh, so yeah, that does some pretty, pretty major damage to the little guys. To so the, these little mages in the back that uh, are standing around the the sacrifice table, if you will, um, and you can see them both kind of like move and try to get away from it, but it still just pours all over their body. Um, but they are still up. And uh, oops, that was too many. And the big guy, um, he blocks hit, you know, he blocks with his arms, and is able to um, mitigate some of that damage. But he still gets pretty hurt. And... Then I rolled a d4 to see how many rounds it takes for me to get it back, and I got it too. Okay, sounds good. And so let me move you after him. Okay, that'll work. All right. So now the little guys. Um, I'm gonna do it in clumps of three to make it easy and basically they're all just gonna like they're there but they're kind of pitiful and they're just gonna try to throw some debris at you guys and yeah basically just rolling to see if they get a natural 20. oh actually i mean so yeah so the five of them are just kind of like throwing rocks and whatever clumps of stuff they can find um, and none of it's really hitting. Some of it doesn't even make it across the cavern. The one that is in front of, of uh, Catherine, though, is going to actually uh, take some attacks um, with its dagger. And let uh, me use my green die. And yeah, that's not going to um, Can't read it. That's not going to work. And that's not going to work. So, yeah, so it's just swinging at you. And um, and Catherine Fox is just kind of like nimbly dodging, um, parrying with her club and making yeah. this thing look absolutely ridiculous. Um, it's real hot girl shit. That's a little jerk. Yeah, hot girl shit for sure. Um, and that takes us down to the mages in the back. And they are, are just, they have just been burned. Um, and they are pissed, so they are going to try and try some shit. Let's do a little okay, 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 and then okay. So the one on the left is going to reach out, and you see this dark energy come from its hands. Um, this like swirl of like almost like a dark brown mucusy color and, and black, and it just swirls and hits the uh, the large creature. Um, and he seems to uh, become a little bit rejuvenated from that. And so it is going to do that. And it is. So yeah. So you see, like this, it, this magic kind of envelop this creature, this large creature, and um, seems to reinvigorate him a little bit. And then the other one is going to shoot something at. Uh, hmm. The only person that's in line of sight is going to be Barrett. 
so uh, who has taken the role of tank, uh, whether he likes it or not, because that's kind of how it's worked out for this <laughs> combat. Um, yeah, so I don't. We'll try. We'll try. We'll see. Ooh, a natural eighteen. Mm, that's not promising. <laughs> Uh, this isn't very clear. Sorry. The... Okay. Uh, 18 plus 11 is 29. So it hits exactly. My math says that that's like 12. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was really listening for a second there. I was very engaged. And, <laughs> and he threw some stuff on me. Um, okay. Yeah, but... Don't feel terrible. It's not going to do much. So, fucking D4s are the worst die. Uh, you take six points of damage from that. Okay, that's, that's this is fine. This is fine. And then it is. You'll going, live. Yeah. And then it's going to use the rest of its turn to try to hide back this way. Wait, yeah. So it's going to go back this way. Um. All right, and that will be its turn and takes us back to our lovely bard, Catherine. So that little dude is still next to me, right? He is, yeah. I'm going to hit him again. Mm-hmm. Try to see if I have a better attack than just hitting him. I thought you were going to say throw him off the fucking cliff, but yeah, hit him. Can I do that? Is that a thing? Can oh, I yeah, for him? sure. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> you can just do a grab and a... Uh, uh, so you're going to do a grapple, which is an athletics check. Yeah, fuck that. I'll just grapple and throw him over the board. Yeah, and then... Uh, maybe I won't, because I rolled a fucking one. <laughs> Ooh, that's awkward. Um, yeah. This is one of those times where I wish I had the uh, crit cards and crit, crit fail cards, because those are always so fun. <laughs> um, okay, so let me see. So you attempt to grapple, and <laughs> uh, critical failure <laughs> breaks through your target. You can either grab and use if it succeeds in a grapple action or force you to fall. Um, so yeah, so you reach for this creature and it kind of dodges to the side and it grabs your arm. So you are now grappled. Uh, so you are strained until the end of your next turn unless you move or your opponent escapes. So basically, until the end of your next turn unless you move or your opponent escapes. So now the only action you can do basically would be to try to escape. I'm gonna do that. Okay. <laughs> and just trying to shake him off. He's, he's tiny, yeah. right? I can just like lift my yeah. arm and just shake him. Yeah, he's small. Uh, so yeah. So then do another uh, athletics check. That was a nine plus four is thirteen. Oh my god! So you try to escape, and uh, yeah, and he rolled a sixteen. So. So you're like swinging your arm around and he's just like holding on, trying to dig in. You can see um, his teeth like trying to bite into your bracers, but he still has a hold of your arm. Um, that, so that's two actions. You could try to escape again with your third action. I mean, let's let's go for it. Why okay, not? one more athletics check. <laughs> 10 plus four is 14. Okay, I rolled a 10 that time. So yeah, so you're able to finally shake him off, throw him back. Uh, he lands in front of you um, and just kind of growls and snaps his teeth. Uh, and that, and that unfortunately, is your turn. Yeah, that was an unfortunate turn. <laughs> um, okay. And that takes us to Barrett. Yeah. 
<clears throat> okay, so Barrett finishes his charge towards the uh, the larger. Um, oh my God, I wanted to call it monkey again, but it's not. It's called a charaka. Charaka. Yeah. to the larger Charaka, he slices into it mightily and then realizes that right after it happens it like looks like it got healed by the uh, the smaller Charaka to the rear yeah all right well that's got to stop so he's going after the the healing Charaka now okay so uh charges off to his northwest 5 10 15 yeah you're 20. good it's 25 feet away so yeah and I, uh yeah i'm gonna do what i can to uh try and take the life of the smaller healing Charaka. I am going to then... uh, I swear I've got another ability that I wanted to use. What is this? Nope, not that. Intimidating Strike. Oh, that's a two. That's a two uh, action move. Uh, let's see. If you're hitting is frightened one or frightened two on critical hit. Uh, nope, nope. I'm just gonna swing twice to try and try and off it. And no, I am not doing my double strike. Actually, I'm just only going to swing once. Okay. So, because after that, I want to use my twin parry. Okay. Sounds good. Eight plus 21 is 29. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that hits. Let me make sure it's, if it's a critical. That is a critical success. Nice. So, three, two, six, one, one, six. So, eight <laughs> doubled is 16 plus the uh Fourteen, so that's thirty points of damage. Okay. That's still enough. So, how do you want to do this? Oh, so like the strike lands right at its neck, but it doesn't like cleave clean through. Like you know, most people, you know, you hit something in the neck, you just decapitate it. But that's not what happens because these are serrated edge blades. These are serrated sabers. So it's like I like it hits and then it like slices and stops, and I have to like draw like with extra like oomph through to like just like do like this nasty cut of its jugular so its head doesn't come off it's just like gushing blood and like it's it's basically its neck got ripped in half Um, (laughs) uh content warning (laughs) um is that too late for that um Um, how this works it's not published yet you're good yeah right um yeah okay so yeah so exactly that and uh this and then in twin perry after yeah and then twin parry for your last action. Yes. Um, turning to face uh, these other creatures. And it takes us to uh, Big Homie. So he is going to, he sees himself now face to face with this dragon. Um, and he doesn't know that it has reach. That's not metagame. So he's going to take a step back and is going to, let me see. A step doesn't uh, provoke, right? It does not provoke. Um, so it is going to scream out in anger, slam its trident against its chest, um, and and you see like its eyes start to like bulge um, with fury, and then it's going to take an attack against you with the trident. Uh, that is a 24. Uh, 24 hit. That's a miss. A miss, okay. Uh, let me go ahead and just do this little quick ditty. Um, okay, so it swings out and, and misses against the dragon, but he seems to be in this like 
in this sense of fury. Um, it's like drooling now. Its muscles, all of its muscles are tense. Um, and like I said, its eyes are just kind of bulging with rage. So, and that will be the end of his turn. And it is now Coco's turn. Um, so Coco's gonna uh, scream at Kirikon. Kirikon, do, do that new thing we did. Do, do that new thing. It's really cool. And so uh, Kirikon's gonna look down at the medallion that he's wearing. And it's just this, uh, this purplish, uh, like, duplicate of himself. And it starts to glow. And when this happens, uh, a bunch of Kirikorns start running out from the emblem. And so this is the medallion of Stampede. Stampede oh, medallion. Okay. Um, I can do this once a day. And the Eidolon concentrates on the medallion in a connection to me, and it allows them to momentarily manifest into a stampede of dozens of copies of themselves. Everyone awesome. in a 20, or uh, all foes in a 25 foot radius take 8d6 bludgeoning damage Me. with a basic reflex save. So I'll mm. need a reflex save from the two of them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Beautiful. Uh, go ahead and roll that damage while I'm looking these reflex saves up. Right. Rolled a 25. Okay. Uh, damage? Damage, yes. Okay. I got a 24. That's failure. Okay. Wait, sorry. Reflex? Yeah. Okay. That's yes. Good. Reflex. Um, and then, uh, another 24. So both of them fail. Both of them fail. Okay. So they take, both of them take the full 25. Okay. Uh, yeah. So what is that, uh... Is it like, what does that stampede look like? It's just a bunch of duplicates of Kyrakon just uh, kind of running out. all around and just wrecking the whole place. Okay. Kind of like how he ran into the building in the beginning. Yeah. Just the same. Okay, so yeah, so the, you know, this, shit. Um, these dragons uh, pour out of this medallion and run uh, through this area, just kind of trampling all over. And it's kind of just kicking up dust. Um, you can hear the screams of this smaller Charka. And as the dust settles, um, there's just this mangled mess of what used to be the Charka down uh, behind the cage. And you said it was 25 points? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's done so. And then the other one, um, he kind of picks himself back up using his trident to stand, uh, but still furious. There went the healers. Okay. Yes. And now uh, Coco's actually going to move up here. Can he, can he stand on his ledge? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> You're and small anyway, so. These three people are active, correct? They are. Okay. Yeah, right. they've been throwing rocks and shit at you. Oh, fun. Right. And that's my turn. Okay. Very good. Um, all right. Speaking of rocks and shit to do a little bit more. Anemone one, it deflects back, hits him in his eyeball. Uh, dice, and no dice. And then, oops, no dice, dice. After, I'm literally rolled so many d20s and none of these have been a natural 20. Um, <laughs> so they're all just continuing to throw shit. Nothing's happening with these. Um, the one that's in front uh, does not like being picked up. And so he is going to, um, make his, make his little dagger attacks again. Um, probably to no avail. What's your AC, uh, for, uh, Jordan? Um, it is 27. Okay, yeah. Rolled a natural 17, but that still wasn't enough. Um, yeah, so he's just slashing again at you, um, realizing that you tried to throw him over the wall and, uh, and still not able to land any blows. I'm gonna get you next time. Just wait. <laughs> and these two are dead. 
and it is now your turn. Next time has come. All right, so I'm going to do that athletics roll then, because okay. I'm going <laughs> to grapple him and throw him over for real this time. Okay, no natty ones. <laughs> I talk a lot of shit for somebody who rolled a three. Ooh, but what's your athletics? Uh, four. Okay. So it's a grand total of seven. Mm. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so it doesn't work. But that's not a critical fail. Um, it's just At a least failure. you tried. Yeah. At least you tried. And let me just make sure. Grapple oh. failure. Okay. So, yeah. So, that's just one action, though. And so, instead of trying to throw him, I'm going to take my dagger of venom mm-hmm. and, and stab him. Okay. <laughs> I love how you're a bard and you've you've done two spells. Right. <laughs> hey, play your way. I'm just, I'm just enjoying this, uh, <laughs> this drama. So yeah, go ahead. And, so plus seventeen to hit on this. Um, bu- 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 I rolled a nine. Okay. Yeah, definitely hits. Uh, roll for damage. Uh, yeah, uh, critical damage. Sixteen. So sixteen times two is thirty-two. Um, you eviscerate this guy. So after all this back and forth. Um, you know, you trying to throw him off and him biting into your arms and trying to, and escaping and then coming back at you with the knife and you try again to grab him one more time. You just kind of flip out your knife, uh, spin around your hand and just stab him. And and it's kind of just this stalled moment of like, oh, sh- shit, yeah, I could end with this. Uh, it was no match for this woman and, uh, and <laughs> falls back and uh, slides off your blade. And uh, he is now dead. Bye. And you can see uh, like that happening kind of triggers this panic in these other two along the wall on the same side as you. Uh, but I have one more action, right? You certainly do, yeah. I will, Lee, I will cast a spell this time. I'm gonna okay. do it. Um, I will do Hideous Laughter. Mm. Um, so that's targets, one target within 30, within 30 feet. The target is overtaken with uncontrollable laughter. It must attempt a will save. Uh, if it's a crit success, the target's unaffected. If it is a failure, then the target is slowed and can't use any reactions. Okay. Are you just doing it to the next closest one? Yeah. Okay, I rolled a 19, so that's a fail. Uh, yeah, then you're just, you're slowed for one and you can't use reactions. Okay. All right. Very good. And that takes us back to Barrett. All right. Um, so at this point, there's uh, nothing up here except uh, yeah. myself, Coco, the dragon, and the larger, <clears throat> the larger monkey. So yes. we're going to, I'm, I'm uh, Barrett looks over at Coco, Coco! Go help Catherine, and then charges over. I will bound over the uh, the the uh, I guess the platform that the uh, the child's body is on, okay. and then. Uh, and I'm sorry, and I, I know I didn't like clarify, but the um, uh, prince is um, like a late teenager, like nineteen. Oh, years old. oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was a little boy. Yeah, me too. No, yeah, no, prince is like. 19. So it's okay that he got sacrificed. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying it's for clarification. <laughs> this this figure is not a child. So basically, you know, he he's had a life, maybe yeah. not a long one, but you know. If he dies, it's not that bad. No, okay. Uh, so uh, I I bound over the platform and try to I avoid stepping the body of the prince, um, and then re-engage in combat with the uh, the larger enemy in front of me. Okay. Uh, so that's one attack, and then I'll do a standard attack here, and then do the same twin repas. Oh, that's a net one on the die for a twenty-two. All right. Uh, <laughs> 
for your for a standard uh, attack. Yeah. Attack. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you you jump up on this table and you go to like slide and attack, and as you slide, um, it's the tables is kind of slick with blood, and you overestimate how much uh, movement you're gonna take, and so you just end up sliding and sliding off, um, and kind of bump into the the large uh, Charaka and kind of step back, um, you know, and he kind of turns realizing that you're there and uh, you look the fool, but you, you're, you know, you're, you're not taking any damage for it. Um, it's just more embarrassing than anything else. Um, and then you kind of put your swords up to, to parry his attacks should he go after you. All right. And all right. And it is his turn. So he is going uh, to step away um, from where you are and wing and yeah he's gonna he's gonna take a swing at each of you uh first swing going for barrett um which is not gonna hit that's a 22 total second swing goes for excuse me for uh kirikon and that is a what is that 28 28 total that's a hit okay and so that is gonna be Okay, so for 20 points of damage. Ow. Yeah, and that'll end his turn there. So you just try and basically trying to defend himself. So swings around, slashes at Barrett, swings back around, slashes at, uh, at the dragon in front of him, and seems to just kind of be defending himself. And and, and he like, you know, reaches out and kind of just flexes in front of you again and roars uh, with fury. And it, it, oh, sorry, and it is now Coco's turn. And Coco looks over at Barrett. Okay, I'll do it. And he mumbles to himself, Coco do this, Coco do that. Always Coco do things. And walks over to the edge. He's like, I, uh, hi. And he puts out his hands and ice particles fly out in a 60-foot cone as he casts Cone of Cold. Oh, so that's... Damn. Is that a reflex save on that one, too? Yeah, basic reflex save. Okay. Oh, boy. Uh, okay. Uh, so it's two of them. Mm, 20 is the highest. Okay, it's going to fail. The other was a... Uh, what's your... 20... Um, 29. 29. So the other one was a uh, 15, and that's a uh, critical fail. Okay, so... So we'll say critical fail for the one closest to Catherine, and then regular fail for the other. All right, that's 45 points of damage off 12d6. Okay. So 90 to the crit fail. Uh, they're both dead. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. No shit. Um, I mean, that would, that would take out Catherine, right? Like, yeah, that would take you out. 90 points of damage. That's, yeah, that's a lot. Um, yeah, so they're both dead. So good job, Coco. Coco, good. Maybe I should have just kept Coco off here with me <laughs> working on the big guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he probably could have used that cone of gold up there. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so most of them are dead. <laughs> this is just kind of funny at this point to see. Oh, shit, there we go. Okay, natural 20. Let me see. Uh, oh, that's awkward. Okay, don't worry about it. They can't throw that far. They're not that strong, even on a natural 20. <laughs> it so looks this whole, like this whole time they've been throwing, and yeah. they haven't been able to and get they it. Haven't been able to <laughs> yeah. And they're just like, I mean, these are, you know, fucking idiots. So they're just trying to, like, throw as best they can. And, uh, I mean, that looked like it was going to, like, you saw the range of motion. It was like a fucking MLB all-star pitcher coming out of that. 
And uh, yeah, and it sailed and just hit the rock so wall. Bad for these guys. <laughs> <laughs> Little baby guys. They're just minions. Um, so yeah, we'll just go ahead and skip all their turns. These guys are dead. Um, all right, and then it's back to Catherine's turn. Catherine would like to sing uh, what quick work that Barrett and Coco are making of these little dudes. Uh, Catherine would like to actually go start to try and rescue the prince. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so you can move 90 feet, basically. So 30 there, 30 there, and then 30 there. You can get up to the altar. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll move up to the altar. So, like, just short of it, basically. Um, so, yeah, so it is now uh, Barrett's turn. Hey, is it my turn again? It okay. is. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's finish this, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, both swords. I jump down from the platform, drag style, and I'm just like, ah, and I'm a double strike this time. Double slice. Double slice. <laughs> um. So uh, both attacks, no penalty. There's a 13 and an 18 on the die. So plus 21 comes out to 34 and. Uh, 39. Yeah. Uh, both of those are crits. Nice. Oh, nice. Okay. Oh, and no, I didn't hit him last time, so I guess he wouldn't still be bleeding. Um, we, we definitely missed some bleed damage somewhere. In we there. did. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and yeah. roll one, and I'll roll a quick Okay. Three. Okay. Um, all right, so it takes another three. I didn't pass the check, so. Okay. Actually, so do then, another one, because I know for yeah. sure there's more than one round. Yeah, so yeah, if he didn't pass it, yeah. then he would have gotten another didn't one. Pass again so then second. another two. Yeah. Okay. And so now I'm attacking again, rolling 3d6. Okay. Uh, on the first attack, 6, 1, 2 is 9. Doubled is 18 plus 14. I can't do that math in my head. 32? That sounds accurate. That's close, right? Yeah. Yeah. What was the and number? Then, <laughs> <laughs> I did the, I did popped up my calculator. 32. Okay. And then the next one. Wait, is that that was doubled? Yes, that was okay. with the double and everything. Okay, sorry. Okay. I was thinking about yeah. other things, right? Um, and then so four, six, and two is twelve. So double 20. is twenty-four plus fourteen is thirty-eight. So a total of seventy damage. Oh, he's gotta be dead. He is not, but he looks fucking rough. All right. And, uh, yeah, he's in real bad shape, but he is not dead. Um, so. You do those attacks, and that's the end of your turn. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I had to step down off the platform to get back in range. So. All right. Yeah. So, seeing this happen, um, you hear him. For those who can speak Draconic, he says, "I will not be denied. I will be king." And he starts to run, um, which would provoke both of you. So he's going to take a long jump. Um, but I'll let you do your attack of opportunity first, because if you hit him and he dies, then it doesn't matter. Uh, so both 32. of you attacks. Yeah, that for sure is. Uh, that's, uh, that attack is incredible. So. 12, 21, 33? 33, yeah. So basically two So as he's running away, what is it that you guys do in tandem, um, Kirikon and Baron? to kill this guy. I go Earth. low, you go high? Oh, I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> flip his ass sideways, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so you see Kirikon reach out and bite down um, uh, at his leg. And as he's kind of tripping, you can see uh, Barrett come from the other side and just slice across and just rakes into the back of his, uh, his spine. Um, yes. He just kind of topples in this disaster of uh, pose. Um, and lays on the floor um, uh, bleeding out and his his blood is just black ichor um, at this point. 
Um, give me a perception roll, all of you, please. It's so disgusting that your blades are serrated. Like, yeah, all of sure. that makes it Super so nasty. much worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really happy I went with this. Um, <laughs> shout out to uh, Demon Slayer for the inspiration on the serrated blades. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a 27 I, total. Okay. 22 total. Okay. I uh, will have a natural two, so a 17. <laughs> okay. So I think I mean that I think that makes sense story-wise too. So as you guys are doing this, um, uh, Catherine looks at the table, the sacrifice table, and you guys have seen Prince Estebar before. Um, you look at the table, and this is not Prince Estebar on the table. Um, wow. At the same time, Barry is looking at the cage. Um, now that you have kind of a second to glance, and you see that Prince Estebar is in the cage. So you're not exactly sure who is on the table, but but uh, uh, Prince Estebar is still alive. Ooh, we did it, guys. We saved the prince. Uh, sorry to this other man who wouldn't... And you see, like, when you're, you're, you're looking and, and kind of having this moment of celebration, um, the other three Charka, they take off, you know, seeing all of this carnage and, and that they literally have no chance. They start to run, excuse me, out of the cave. Um, but in the cage itself is a beaten um, and weeping uh, Prince Estebar. Um, is the cage locked or no? Yeah, it is locked, yeah. Okay, so I work on getting the cage open. Um, you know, if I have to, I'll saw it, but I'd prefer to keep my, my, my blades, you know, ready for killing things and not for just chopping through stuff. Uh, yeah, so um, if any of you have thieves tools, um, which I think, like, it, I'd say is probably reasonable. What's your what's your thievery skill, uh, Jordan, for Catherine's character? For Catherine, excuse 13. me. 13? Yeah. So I think that's reasonable for you to have um, thieves tools. We didn't really talk about it, but I think yeah. that's absolutely reasonable. So you, if you want to go ahead and do a lock or a thievery, basically, check to see if you yeah. can make a lock. Absolutely. I rolled a 9 plus 13 is 22. Yeah. It's an easy enough lock that the Sharkaw are able to bust it open and um you guys open the cell um prince uh doesn't he doesn't really move he just kind of he's in this um state of shock and he's weeping and when he does look up he's looking at the sacrifice table uh are you okay little dude and he's trying to find the words but he's just choked up and and you can see he just kind of like he points at the table uh i turn around and look at the table again taru and so he's saying he's saying Taru, Taru, and and um, I think let's have you guys just for the sake of it have all of you roll a society roll. Gonna come to a shock, but uh, Coco doesn't have any points in society. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Cool. <laughs> that makes sense. So an eleven. Thanks for playing. <laughs> uh, Barrett got a twenty-nine total. Okay. So the best roll of the night for me, I rolled a natty 20. Nice. for society is going to be a 36. Damn. Okay. Yeah. So um, the two of you, for sure, once he says Taru, you can kind of see like through the sort of mangled mess in the blood. Uh, Taru is Prince's uh, best friend. And uh, most likely they were together when they got kidnapped. Um, and uh, that's why he's here. But they, um, he, yeah, Taru, he, or excuse me, uh, Prince speaks up and he says they, they kept calling me a, a prince. And 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 Taru, he, he just got so scared and so afraid for me. So he he said he was the prince. And 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 I just, 
and he just starts weeping and it takes him some time and he he just you can kind of hear him like whispering like i'm such a coward i'm I'm such a coward i'm such a coward um and a little bit more time goes on i just i just let them think that taru was the prince i I didn't do anything to defend him and, and i had to watch i had to watch and then he just starts weeping again, and you know he, he has no more words. I give him a hug. Yeah, and you, you give him a hug, and he just like it, 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 it breaks him down further, like to the point where he's he can he can barely even hold himself up anymore. Your hug is basically the only thing that's keeping him from just being completely slack on the floor. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think you guys are able to kind of collect him and and get him, you know, picked up, and you know whether somebody carries him or you, you know put him on the back at Kirikon or whatever. Um, and you guys start to make the journey back toward um, Kibwe. Um, on foot, you know, not having teleportation, it does, it's gonna take quite a few hours, but you guys are able to, you know, stop, get cleaned up in the lake. Um, he he starts to become like catatonic as he gets down towards the water um, and sees kind of the catastrophe. Um, I think that Catherine kind of picks up on like what happened and kind of diverts his eyes from seeing Olo on the floor, um, even if he is a trampled mess, because obviously Prince knew Olo. Um, and right. over some time, as you guys are able to travel, you guys are able to kind of not necessarily pick up his spirits, but get him to a point where he can start to walk on his own and, and start to feel a little bit, um, I don't know, have some kind of, I guess, motivation to move at this point. But yeah, it's it was a, a bad situation. That he obviously, thankfully, he's still alive. But you know, bad situation there. So yeah, I don't think Coco's gonna be the best person to talk to this guy. So <laughs> he's he's gonna stay away. Yeah. Okay. He can that's, he can ride onto the dragon. That's good but... self awareness of Coco to, to have emotional <laughs> IQ in this situation. Be like, nah, I'm not the dude. <laughs> Co- Coco knows that. his limits. This mm-hmm. is not it. He's yeah. still mumbling about Ovo and how he messed up the teleportation. Barrett being a man of um, savagery and intimidation is trying to find a way to be soft and it, it can think of nothing other than trying to encourage the prince to use this feeling to, you know, develop himself in the future to be strong enough to survive something like this without uh, without having to lose someone around him. Yeah, and you can see like he listens to the words, he doesn't look up at you, um, but he does kind of process it. And just like there's like a a a slow nod of accepting your stance on the situation, um, but still like you know haunted by what happened. That makes sense. And yeah, so after a time, um, you guys are able to get him returned um, to his parents, and the the reunion is is happy on their end. You know that. Uh, obviously happy to see their son um, when they learn that um, Taru was the other, um, that they didn't realize there was another boy that was taken. Um, and, you know, so there's a situation there. But um, the Estabars offer to pay for, um, you know, collecting and, and the funeral, unless you guys would have taken him, I guess. But, you know, I think that's... We good. took him. Yeah. And so, they're, yeah, they're they're willing to pay for and the Olo. funeral and, uh, and, and for Olo and, um, you know, have this moment of... Uh, of, of kindness to this other family. Um, you guys, um, you know, as you guys are preparing to leave, uh, Tana comes and she she kind of hands you this, um, this bag of gold as payment for saving her son. And she just, you know, bows her head and um, through crying, she doesn't really have the words to say, but you know, she just repeats thank you, thank you over and over again. And uh, yeah, 
sorry to poke a hole in your balloon, but uh, that's the sad ending for the. <laughs> that's rough, man. That hurt. You guys saved the day, though. You know. Yeah. And, um, we did. Coco be paid in Bitcoin. It's, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, there's a new NFT that he could be paid in. Um, it hasn't Coco been. Says Bitcoin, but it's like just tiny coins, like like bit, like, tiny yeah. tiny coins. <laughs> so. <laughs> Once the party makes it back to their um, to their home, their domicile, uh, the first thing he wants to do is check in with uh, with their I won't say assistant, but um, uh, yeah, yeah, their I, I, uh, I, I, like house guard. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, and the first thing he wants to know is is there still time left in the day to get to our parade? <laughs> um, yeah. So the the parade has ended. It's been a full <sighs> day just with the travel and stuff. Um, I know. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, uh, Khadija says, um, um, "Look, I'm, you're, you're gonna have you're gonna have more parades, honey. It's these things happen, you know. Um, it's sad that uh, the situation played out the way that it did, but um, you guys are always saving the city, you know. There's always demons to fight, so your parade will come. <sighs> All right. Yeah. I asked Khadija if she made us a comfort dinner. <laughs> uh, she did. Yeah, she made um, a traditional uh, Kibwe meal." Um, which is like, uh, it's almost like a porridge, but it's kind of, um, it's got some different things in it and it, it's super delicious. It's very good comfort food for you guys. Nothing will comfort Barrett as much as the parade would. <laughs> Keyboy has a lot of parades. Um, yeah, yeah. Like a There's a parade of, every day. It's basically <laughs> random. Like super arbitrary parade. Um, so yeah, you'll, you'll get another one. He'll, he'll see one uh, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so um, that's that's gonna be it for this one shot. Um, I, I I feel bad now, like I should have wrote a happier ending for it. But um, but yeah, you guys succeeded. I definitely thought somebody was gonna die in the party. Um, I did too. I you guys, but it's just like, you know, I, I wanted it to be challenging, and this was a, a lot of fun for me. I hope you guys enjoyed it. That was yeah, a man. lot of fun. Yeah. For sure. Good job, Navar. Thanks, man. I say for my intro to Pathfinder, I'm I'm actually like I need to do more of this. This was good. This was good. Yeah, yeah it's fun. I mean, especially you know, obviously it, it's hard jumping in at a high level and um, with limited time. But you know, once you can kind of start to work through some of the feats that you have and do different things like that, um, it makes it a lot of fun. So um, you know, I hope that hopefully this won't be the last time that we all play together. Um, I'd love to do something like this again with you guys. So um, yeah, definitely looking forward to it. Cool. Well, I um, probably should get some rest. I know freaking Jazz is over there. It's like 1130, so. Yeah. But thank you guys so much. You know, I super, super appreciate it. It is 1130. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, super appreciate it. This has been so much fun. So thanks again, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Noah. Not a problem, man. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, for sure. Good night, guys. Good night. I'll take it easy. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you would like to reach out to us, check out the many options on the Anchor app or anchor.fm on your browser. You can also reach us at secretnerdpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to the show, and if you'd like, leave a review to help us grow this thing. 